Hey, everyone. Thank you for joining us, uh, Zero Cool Podcast. In studio with us today, or in the Beat Lab, I should say, uh, Chris, YB, Gerard, and Steve Marks hanging out with us. Gentlemen, Woo! welcome. <laughs> Hi, Parker. You didn't, you didn't introduce my DJ name, though. You know, oh, I'm sorry, with the two X's. DJ Steve Marks. DJ Steve, Steve Marks. Marks. <laughs> <laughs> um, this, is, this is awesome to have you guys here. A couple of things we were talking about uh, off air before we started. One of them was we were just talking about the term Aunt Jemima Fine and how... <laughs> How the mo- the recent rebranding of uh of the brand is now was it Pearl uh, Mining like Pearl Mill I don't know a mining company yeah. syrup or something. I'm actually more of a yeah. Mrs. Butterworth. I just switched. I switched guy, to Butterworth because anyway. I you know I'm not buying that new shit that rebranded Aunt Jemima. <laughs> just like how do you like how's you go like when you're walking and you're like where's the Aunt Jemima and you're like what like if you're used to a brand and all of a sudden you're like where the fuck. Where is this now? Where's, where's the Lucy Pearl Mining Company uh, edition? That's, just, of... that's, a, that's an absolute it's a mouthful. mouthful. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll say this. So if, if, anybody, oh, okay. if anybody needs some Aunt Jemima still, they have it at the, I swear to God, they have it at the Walgreens in uh, Grand Ave. Like, I saw it like yesterday. I think I'm going to pick a box up just to keep yeah. it. That'd be like an awesome re- like relic to show to people 20 years, excuse me, 20 years from now being like, Back in the day, there used to be the Aunt Jemima right, ba- right. pancake mix. <laughs> I love that there's nothing in the Grand Avenue Mall, but there's still a Walgreens there. <laughs> no, you want to know? Okay. Is the food so, court still kind of popping off? They, no? they just put they just put the sign on uh, two days ago. It's, it says like the Avenue or something. It's gonna be the food hall. Okay. So that's like almost done, done, and then um, swear to God, brand new Foot Locker, the, a whole new build out. New store Foot Locker just opened up like a week ago. I used to go to the Foot Locker in the Grand. Downtown dating, is thriving. Dating myself yeah. like late nineties, yeah. yeah. all the time. I was constantly in the Grand Avenue Mall. Yeah. That was that was the spot back in the day. Yeah. I've been going like you can go in like the Foot Locker across the street now, or across the hall from it is like you can buy like a bunch of like fake jewelry and stuff like that, or like fake grills and stuff like that. Yeah, that was uh that was the heyday when uh you know everything was still bustling. Get your airbrush T-shirt. Oh, hells yeah, dude. Yeah. Get some custom artwork done. Or uh, the sketches that they always had. Like, you get, like, the one of, like, Michael Jordan or, like, Kobe or whatever. On a shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Or you could do, like, you could do the frame, like, mm-hmm. the, the stencil and stuff like that. Um, where was it? Was it Boston Store was the first one that moved out? And then it kind of just went down from there? Yeah. I mean, Boston Store, like, held on for a really long time. And, uh... Once that was gone, there's no reason to even have a building. Sorry, am I even talking into this thing? Yeah, I was going to say, I was like, pull the mic up to your mouth. I keep forgetting that there's a microphone here. I've never been in front of a microphone in my life, so it's all... I don't DJ, really. It's just... It's all make-believe. So that's that's part of the reason why I wanted to have, like, other DJs on. Like, I, I know what my personal perspective is of, of what the life during a pandemic and trying to DJ is like. What has it been like? For you guys, like, what have you guys done? Um, what have you been interested in doing? What are you guys moving forward with? For myself, it's been kind of difficult, like, especially with not having any gigs coming up. I'm just unmotivated to do anything. I listen to music still, mm-hmm. but it's, I don't want to, if I don't need to build my library for anything, I have no interest in sitting on my computer for hours and just putting everything into crates and designing an outline for a set in my head. Chris? Um, I mean, middle of March, 2020, right? I went from DJing four, five, six times a week to having zero gigs. I've had two live gigs. It's been almost a year. 
Um, some of it has been by choice. Some of it is just the venues that I was playing at stopped having DJs. Mm-hmm. A lot of that for them was financial, which I totally understood. Yeah. Um, and I tried live streaming a little bit here and there, and I was throwing mixes on Mixcloud early on, and at some point I also lost my motivation. And it kind of bummed me out because I'm like, okay, do I no longer care about DJing when I'm not getting paid? And I don't think it was as much about the money, like all three of us, but when you don't have people to share music with, yeah, whether it's new music or you're, you know, you're re- refreshing your classics crates or whatever without having people to share that music with i also kind of lost interest in keeping up with new music digging for you know again fresh classics um but i have found that i've actually become almost more of a music fan again in that i'm now listening to whole albums yeah whether they're new whether i'm going back to my favorite shit from the 90s that got me into DJing because obviously the way we operate it's all song based yeah someone some someone's like oh did you listen to so-and-so's <laughs> new album last week I'm like no just the one song that I play at the gig which is kind of sad um so I guess there have been kind of pros and cons to all of it and but losing the income was a con but again just losing having a place to go and share that music with people was as much of its own con because I could go get a job, you know, I could drive an Amazon van if I needed to. Um, but not having the juice of the crowd. Yeah. You know, being around those people, being in front of those people, entertaining, interacting, getting drunk with those people all went out the window. I agree. Uh, a thousand percent. It's, it's hard to be motivated to play a gig when you're like, well, would this work? Would this work? You don't get to see the reaction from people when you're doing it on a live stream. Right, right. And it's it's hard to gauge. And that's, like, it was interesting during uh, the summer and, like, kind of, I started going full swing back in September and October. I started doing, like, full schedules again. For me, it was, I was literally asking places, I was like, can I do a warm-up gig? somewhere right because i just want to see how people react mm-hmm. to the music that i'm playing to the stuff that i'm doing because i hadn't seen a reaction from anyone in so long and you don't get that in a stream whatsoever um i mean i will say if i could interrupt you that certain friends of mine acquaintances of ours you know who have managed to pivot and not only do they perform well on their live streams, but they get that interaction from also following and interacting with the chat. Yeah. I am not good enough at what I do to do what I do well, and then also be watching a chat, be getting on a mic every 30 seconds, like, hey, welcome to the room. But I noticed people who have gotten really good at that, you know, Bizon being one, yeah. Kid Cut Up, who we talked about before we started recording. Those guys do do a great job. Exactly. It just... It hasn't worked for me, and I don't know if it's because I haven't done it enough. Um, I was going to bring up uh, Bizant because of the fact that, like, I catch, like, his stuff is constantly, like, a highlight that comes up in my social media feed mm-hmm. on a regular basis that I was just, like, like, I see it, and I'm, like, I can appreciate it because I was, like, this guy's doing it. And, like, you can take a look at the chat, and you're, like, holy shit. Like, mm-hmm. But I could, I mean, I agree 100% where it's, like, I don't have the capacity to be able to figure out what I'm doing on the fly and be able to talk to people at the same mm-hmm. time where I'm like, I'm trying to select what I'm doing and handpick everything. Are there a couple of routines in there? Yeah. But 
trying to be able to come up with something custom and new every time because I always just assume that the people that are, that are watching watch it the last time and I don't want it to be like similar to the last right. quote unquote episode. You, you feel like you got to come with something new every time. every time you do it. The other thing, thinking about it now, looking at the three of us is we're not the most um, microphone guys when we DJ. Yeah. We're not on the mic a lot. And I think streaming and interacting with your chat, you have to be on the mic more. I am not a personality. Well, but again, like people like Cut Up or Abizon, they already were incorporating that in their live sets yeah. way more. You know, I'll go four hours and the only time you hear me get on the mic is like, uh, hey, everyone, could you please get the fuck out? It's time to go home. You know, that's a lot of nights. That's the extent of my mic work is yeah. just, you know, or the joke like, hey, if you have the red Toyota parked in the lot, your lights are on. You know, like, it's very functional. Um, whereas, you know, Cut Up is a guy who talks to the crowd. Bizon is a guy who talks to his crowd when it's appropriate. So I think those guys were able to take that. And transition it well. Yeah. Um, whereas my pivot is I'm just working retail full time until we'll see what happens in another, uh, you know, six months or whatever. But <laughs> Steve, uh, I'll, post, I'll post the same to you. How has everything been going through the pandemic so far? I mean, uh, let's see. What have, what have I been doing? Uh, I can't say I've been doing a whole lot of anything, to be honest. I've just kind of been uh, thinking about the rest of my life, you know, not to be too deep. But uh, I, f I feel like, especially now, I, I've already kind of, I feel been kind of not DJing as much or kind of pursuing it as much. So like you were already not pursuing it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was. Uh, it's like one of those things where if I'm asked to DJ... I'd like to DJ, yes, but like I'm not actively go getter. Like I need to have like ten gigs this week because, you know, it's like it's always been one of those things where it's, uh, yeah, like like I said, I've never never like pursued it. It just kind of happened, and as long as it's still just happening, I'm happy to do it. But like especially now, like I have no desire to be on Twitch or to have build a audience, whatever. I do, however want to be in, in a room with people you know what i mean it's it's again it's it's to me djing was very it's just a, like a social it was my social life essentially because now it's like i what do i do at all anymore i don't know i uh sit around the apartment with my cat i, I found it hard <laughs> like I, I i can kind of touch on, on what you're saying there is that i found yeah. it hard coming out of this where it was like i was playing six or seven nights a week to not playing at all where i was like there was the comfort of oh this is only gonna be two weeks all right cool yeah. I'm gonna chill out at home, right. hang out, spend some time with my dog, and then I got this weird depression because I hadn't been seeing people at all. That mm -hmm. I wasn't interacting with people. Yeah, and it really bummed me out. I remember the three of us getting together to go for walks. Yeah, and that was the extent of my social life outside of hanging out with my girlfriend. Yeah, um, which was great. And then that's another thing I do miss about DJing is like I always enjoyed DJing with you. Same. I enjoyed DJing. With Steve, I enjoyed, you know, booking events where I got to bring in three homies and everyone would play an hour, but you're all hanging out in the booth and, you know, not to be cheesy, but like we're doing shots together and you throw out the high five. Yeah. Um, so I miss that aspect also. There's there's a lot I miss. Like, number one, like there's certain things that like stick out where it's like the, the first thing that comes to my mind is that you always did this really great job of being able to pull out the perfect retro track at the perfect time mm -hmm. where like 
it always sticks out in my head and I, I started playing it and I started it dawned on me I was like I'm playing this because I hear it with Chris all the time right was uh, um, it was T-Pain and someone else where it was like alright you know what I can't remember the name of the track now it's, it's gonna make me nuts but there was a track that you played I was like dude, so up, I was like up I, down yeah up down yeah. booty going up down, down. <laughs> and I was just like it was one of those I was like this is the perfect track for right now like, and it was something I hadn't played at all and I was just like there was times where like I'd be warming up in a set and I would play it and I'd be like I'm playing this because Chris plays this right right and, and I miss having that like the interaction where it's like all of a sudden you drop a track and you think of Steve or you right, drop a track right. you think of uh, Chris you drop a track you think of Aaron because it's like right. one of their signature tracks that you initially just put with them because you're like oh that was a great timing for it it right, sticks right. out um i miss that i miss man more more than anything i miss playing jackalope that is one of my favorite rooms in the city to play it's one of those unique places where you if you play the right track at the right time and the room's full you can hear an instant reaction where you hear people go Oh, oh yeah, it's the yeah. best. Yeah, it's the best. There's a handful of rooms like that in the city where it's like, it's not too big, it's mm-hmm. not too small, but it's just that perfect size. Um, Mikey's was a great venue, like when they did that back room, mm-hmm. where you were up on stage and that room was packed real easily, and if you played the right track at the right time, you had that crowd like right in the palm of your hand. And it was amazing because they just they kept eating it up. You could just throw yeah. bombs at them all night. And all of a sudden, everyone's like, dude, it's 2 a.m., we got to turn the lights on. And you're like, holy shit, that, that night went quick as fuck. Well, I think part of it, at least how I see both of those rooms that you mentioned, Mikey's and Jackalope, is people went to those places on certain nights to drink and dance and party and have a good time. Whereas, you know, we've played other spots where it's a brunch gig, it's fun, but it's a different kind of fun. Or we've played places where people are there to, like, quote unquote see and be seen mm-hmm. you know they're almost too cool to really get into what we are doing um i also think what you were saying before about you know you'll hear me play a song a few times and then you notice that you start playing it i missed that part of it but then also again when we would play together that we would kind of play off each other yeah you know like we do tailors and say we swap every half hour while you're playing i'm like all right well what am i gonna get up after parker like, what am I going to do, you know? And again, if you're live streaming by yourself from your bedroom or your studio, what have you, that other person isn't there, you know? So a handful of live streams that I've done in the last year were with my buddy VPS from Madison. We still get that vibe, you know? Mm-hmm. All right, 20 minutes, like, it's your turn, you know? And we can, like, hand off the headphones and we can cheers a shot. And I think even the people watching at home appreciate our camaraderie even if it's through, you know, your phone screen or your laptop or yeah. however you're watching. Camaraderie. It's a good Camaraderie. Word. It's a good word. Romance, right? <laughs> right? I mean. Bro dates. Yeah, for sure. I'm just here for ad-libs now. Just keep talking. I'll just. <laughs> that's it. Also, can you just make, give my, uh, like, an auto-tune on my voice, too? Can we do that? Actually, this might be possible. I bought the Prime version of uh, OBS. so like Built-in auto-tune? There might be a built-in <laughs> auto-tune. I don't know. Honestly, uh, big shout out to my, my little brother who produces the show. He has gone through and just put everything together. I just kind of sit back and go, just make it work. <laughs> I was kind of curious what your setup was going to be coming is, in here. This is very professional. So you were definitely one of the first people that I saw 
not necessarily live streaming, but like you made the Twitch move. Mm-hmm. And early on, it worked well, sort of like what E-Rich was doing because you guys were playing videos. Yeah. So it's not just a box with you in a corner, like trying to show off your lack of turntable skills. Yeah. And I enjoyed watching those because I didn't really watch a lot of music videos through my entire life because I've never regularly had cable. And so before YouTube and before, you know, pre-internet again to date myself, if you didn't have an MTV, (laughs) if you didn't have a VH1, you never saw videos. So there are even classic songs that I've been playing for 20 years. I would never see a video until I start watching you on Twitch or I start watching Erich on Twitch, which I loved. Um, And then I think it eliminates the need for as much chat interaction. Yeah. Um, for me, yeah, I mean, I've always, I've always enjoyed video. I've always encouraged venues to do it because of the fact that if you're that dude or you're that girl that comes in, you're waiting for your friends, rather than burying your head in the phone, you're up looking around. Mm-hmm. And if you're up looking around, you're actually somewhat approachable. So that makes it an easier social interaction, yeah. whether it's the bartender talking to you. The person next to you talking to Some guy to trying you. to get your phone number. Or, whatever Or girl. Is. Or girl. <laughs> yeah. Or guy. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. Whatever, or, whatever or, floats your boat. Or beep, bop, boop, wherever yeah. the heck they are. You know? <laughs> yeah. For sure. Um, 2021, everybody. Yeah. Um, Non-binary. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah we, don't, we, don't, we don't deal with labels. See, that's funny, though, because on the flip side of that, I've noticed, like, if you're at a place where there's a good-sized crowd and you want them to be dancing, I've noticed that sometimes half the crowd is just doing this. Oh, they're just staring up. Like, you're standing in the middle of a dance floor, not dancing, and you're just staring at the screen. I appreciate that you're enjoying watching the video, but you've now kind of blocked the <laughs> flow of the other people. I don't... <laughs> Eric and I have talked about that. Yeah. Where it's like, you've, like if he's done like a really good edit, yeah. he, he'll say, like, he'll say he'll look down at the crowd, and the crowd stops, and they're watching the right, video right, because right. They, they've never seen it. Which is fine. Yeah. Um but it's it's hilarious because I've seen him do it and I've I've seen what he's talking about and I was like oh no shit I was like that just happened, but it's funny because as soon as you transition out of it it's like they go right back to what they were doing mm-hmm. before or they'll glance up for like a hot second and they'll be like oh you remember this from like the nineties mm-hmm. we're in high school and blah, blah 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 and it's I mean I always love it I think it's great, um, and it it's relatively cheap to be able to do it to wire all your TV, TVs to do that mm-hmm. so. I've just I've always encouraged venues to do it, and then like for example with Taylor's, someone literally gave me that projector. Like I put a post up one night. I was like, "Hey, does anyone have a projector for sale?" And someone showed up at Taylor's, who to this day I still don't know. If you're listening, thank you. <laughs> you got a what, free, what free is, projector. What does Parker owe you? <laughs> yeah, what do I owe you? Huh. Do I have a bill outstanding? Sick. Can I take you out for for drinking for a night? This person literally dropped off a box and was like, "Hey, I saw you need you put up a." Uh, a post about needing a projector you can just have this and i was like sick cool and i like literally looked at it, i was like uh there's a vga cable in here already and i was like i have a vga adapter <laughs> like are, that night i used all it. set yeah and huh? i was like this is absolutely brilliant and i've been using it ever since and this was years ago um yeah like a venue like taylor's like i had no problem with installing that and then on top of that like jimmy and his brother dan got behind me and they were like we're gonna hook up our tvs to be able to do that as well the unfortunate part is is that to be able to do the projector and the TVs at the same time, I call my team a splitter, mm-hmm. and they just never got the splitter. And now it's it's a year later where I was like, oh, yeah, we should totally get the splitter. A year later, and I'm like, well, I still haven't DJed since 
Right, right. Uh, the day before St. Patty's Day. So you were saying you went back to a, a sort of normal gig schedule September, October. Yes. What, what was that like? So it was great because of the fact, well, there was a couple of things. Excuse me. Number one, I was really nervous to play in front of a, uh, a live crowd again. Yeah. Because of the fact that I hadn't seen how people reacted to what I was playing, like when I was streaming. Mm-hmm. So I was literally asking, I was like, hey, does it, can I do workout sets at any venue? Where I was like, hey, I charge this, I'll literally chop it in half. I just need a crowd to play in front of to like be able to take notes of what works and what doesn't work. Um, thankfully, I was able to kind of go back to what I did, and I kind of took a look at some of my old sets, listened to some of them, and I was like, I like this, I like this, and tried to build off of that mm-hmm. and try to pick up where I left off. Um, it was fun. At the time, you could be up and moving around. You didn't have to be seated like you were right now. Um, I think you still had to wear masks. People had them, but they were like, they were pulled down and people were drinking and, and stuff like that. Um, it was fun. I was playing Uncle Bucks. I was playing Brothers. I was playing McGillicuddy's. Um, I think those were the only three venues I was playing at. And I was doing like two two dates a month with mm-hmm. each of them. So it basically set it up so I had like one weekend off a month. Sure. Um, but it was fun, especially like after Brothers opened up. Because um, they had done a huge remodel, right? They dropped three mil on that I mean, place. I walked by there the other day, and it, from the outside, it yeah. looks fucking huge. <laughs> if, if you're down for it, um, I'm doing the UFC event over there for uh, the next the next pay-per-view in two weeks. Okay. You should definitely come with. Number one, it's a, an amazing card, even if you're a casual fan or, or no, have no idea what's going on. Uh, number two, it gives you the opportunity to take a look in there, and what they did in there was just amazing. They bought that... The Franken store that was right mm-hmm. next to him. Yep. And that place had been there for 65 forever. years. Yeah, yeah. Um, they bought that, tore it down, turned it into a patio, redid their kitchen, and then redid the upstairs and just did a complete remodel. The place is amazing. It has this new vibrant energy to it. And uh, Brett and uh, James Hernandez are over there doing an amazing job on, on, on having that place work out, especially with what they're dealing with now. Mm-hmm. You know, middle of a pandemic. It's hard to keep staff when they're not really making money and stuff like that. Like, when I was there for the last UFC event, Brett was in the kitchen, like, flipping burgers, and James was, like, making drinks and stuff like that. So those guys are on their toes 14 hours a day and doing an amazing job at it as well. Excuse me. But going back to what I was saying before about Brothers, Brothers reopened, and like I said, it was a rebirth for that place, and it was like, seven eight years ago when i first started playing there is that there was all these young college kids that come in and they just wanted to have a great time and playing in front of that crowd was like playing in front of like five thousand people mm-hmm. and they were singing along to everything my my girlfriend who had, who had came who took off one of the nights to just kind of see what was going on she was like they were singing the entire killers mr Brightside to you and i was like yeah that happens yeah. she's like they know that song she's like every every kid in that crowd is like 21 20 years you know 22 23 years old or like all the stuff that like i play that's like blink 182 or like mgk song and stuff like that people are singing along to it she's like this is just an amazing thing to observe which is hilarious because half the songs i play i don't know all the words to. Right? <laughs> <laughs> of course i'm also always listening or thinking about the next song 
Yeah. I'll catch myself singing along to the song I'm queuing up. And I'm like, <laughs> if anybody's trying to read my lips right now, it doesn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I did a bunch of gigs over the summer. Um, actually, me doing the McGillicuddy one is uh, July 5th is how my girlfriend and I got together. It was her birthday. She came up with one of my friends. And I hadn't seen her in a couple of years. And we ended up just talking and catching up like immediately after my set my set was done at like nine o'clock because at that time i can't remember what the restrictions were where it was like they're like we don't want to do djs past nine o'clock sure. because th- it makes the city happy somehow so Thanks. Thanks. i gotta tell you i was really bummed because i assumed there would be a lot of patio action mm-hmm. last summer for DJs and just for a place where people could more safely be out because you're outside. Yeah. But I think so many venues had taken such a hard hit being closed for those couple months that people were hesitant to spend the money. You know, we had been doing Iron Horse brunch gigs and it was patio. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, we're gonna I'm gonna have these brunch gigs. It's the weather, you know, it's gonna be great. And every week or two weeks when the next gig would roll around, they would hit me up and be like, Yeah, we're not really ready to put DJs back in our budget, um, which kind of sucked because we only get so much patio time in Milwaukee. Yeah. And my whole summer, again, my schedule just, it all went away. So as far as, as far as Iron Horse goes, there was an article in Milwaukee Journal from back last January, not this past January, but the January before, about how they had switched management companies. And I think that's, shout out to Jordan, who brought three of us yeah. over for that yeah. um, for the for their Sunday gigs and, yeah. and all the other stuff that they did over there um, they changed management companies and it had to do something I'm paraphrasing the article uh, the owner came in filed an injunction pushed that management company out brought other people in and I don't know if that's what the it was a forced transition but it was you know coming out of so I'm, I'm trying to remember how this goes I remember not this January, the January before, I was getting ready to go to Vegas. We were talking about this off air. I was I was heading out to Vegas to go catch the McGregor Cowboy fight. And the week before, I was supposed to play a Sunday at Iron Horse. And one of the staff had, had emailed me and said, Hey, look, you can still do the gig, but they're not going to have a check for you right away. And it's up to you if you want to do it or not. And I was like, you know what? I've been doing a, a million of these. It's perfectly fine for me to take the day off. Pointing to the journal, apparently they had owed a bunch of people money and ven- and vendors didn't want to work with them anymore because of the fact that they had this outstanding debt, but it had to do with the transition mm-hmm. with the management. So having said that, like when I had to work with them over New Year's, it was kind of like I had done the same thing where I was like, hey, I was like, you guys don't have the greatest of reputation. I was just like, hey, look, if we're going to do this, if we're going to do anything moving forward, again, stuff that we were talking about off air, Mm -hmm. uh, I had done the New Year's gig for them and and so on and so forth, and I had asked them to pay in advance because of the fact that they had this real scathing review in Milwaukee Journal. It's it's funny you say that because I had heard from people in-house there, and again, I've had nothing but a good experience dealing with them, but I, I have friends who were working in other capacities at the hotel all the time we were doing brunch and every couple weeks I'd bump into someone and they're like, Hey, have you been getting your checks? Like, you know, this, this and that. 
I got my check every time. I never had a problem. The communication with Jordan that I had was always great. You know, exactly. very detailed. She was super on point. Um, Jordan, so if you're listening, I, you're amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You were an amazing person. Thank you, thank you just for being you. Yeah, thank um, you. Hello. So I personally never had any issues at all. Um, I also know that sometimes people don't like where they work. Mm-hmm. They want to spread a little dirt. They exaggerate things. So I don't know how much of it maybe was that. Um, not to name any of those people yeah running their mouths on the side but uh but yeah again i just i i I just assumed that last summer we would all be playing a bunch of cool outdoor parties events um but i also understand businesses that were like you know we were closed for two months or three months and we just don't have the money right now on the other side of that too is you know it's a hotel you know it's it's their business isn't probably liquor and food right right it's probably mostly rooms right right where it's like if you're in the middle of a pandemic and the rooms aren't being booked yeah right Uh, and you don't have a ton and and the iron horse again is it's an example you know i just i don't know i expected like there to just be more patio parties and maybe i'm thinking of this in a very abstract way because i don't own a venue one with or without a patio um i don't know i was kind of bummed i'm like well we're just gonna party outside all summer yeah and then I was just getting drunk on my porch. I wasn't like... <laughs> you know, I'll ask you guys this. Uh, Steve, I'll start with you. As far as having all this free time to be able to actually enjoy a summer for myself, excuse me, this was the first time in probably 15 years I actually got to enjoy a summer. Oh, yeah. I was out kayaking. I was doing everything outdoors possible. And because of the fact I had so much free time, it was just like, okay, I'm going to do the gym. Then I'm going to go kayaking. Then I'm going to go... The next day it was like... I'm gonna pack my uh, my cooler. I'm gonna go paddleboarding. Like I'm gonna go do this. How was it for you? I wish I had an exciting summer like you did. I don't. <laughs> I honestly, I, I mean, I definitely you know hit up the beach and stuff like that. But I can't uh, pinpoint any specific memory other than you know they're up pretty much summer summer for me. I uh, I walk around downtown and uh yeah i don't know my favorite part i I guess like living downtown is that uh the lake state park whatever it is out on um by discovery world Mm -hmm. i like hanging out there i can't uh oh where you uh, can walk around yeah backside of Summerfest. yeah yeah and Summerfest is always open during the day you can walk through there but uh i I don't know like er this whole entire year has just been a fucking blur for me it's like uh two weeks ago is i pretty much I mean, it feels like two weeks ago I was like having like my last gig before all this, and then all of a sudden it's the same time, you know, next year again already. But uh, yeah, man, I wish uh, wish I had more uh, detail in my head right now about what I did during the summer. But I was not kayaking like you were. I was <laughs> not uh, living the light, the summer of Parker. I mean, like I said, man, I hadn't been able to enjoy a summer because it was one of those things where it was like you would have a day off, and then a venue would get a hold of you. Right. And they'd be like, I heard you have the night off. Do you want to come play by us? And it's so hard to turn down the potential money that you can make right. for, for playing a four-hour game. Right, and right. it's like, you know what? I can go in there, and they, they go, hey, this is the room. This is the format. And you're like, oh, I can rock this. I can rock the fuck out of this. Yeah. And especially as a venue you haven't played. And you're like, oh, fuck yeah. I want, I want to play here, definitely. But I've had so many of those come up where I had a day off, and I'd have like plans to go do something. Then it's like they hear that you're off and they're like, 
hey, you want to come play by us? Or another another homie in the industry is like, oh, you're off, dude. Can you come play by us tonight? Right. And right. it's so hard to turn those last minute gigs down. Um, where like I didn't have any of that stuff coming up, so it was easy for me to know that I could have a day, enjoy the day, yeah, and not have to worry about oh, someone's gonna call me to do this gig last minute, and. I'm going to be burnt out from being outdoors all day. Well, and I don't know about you guys, but the way we all were living a year ago, right? You work nights. Mm -hmm. We don't get out of a venue till 2 or 3 in the morning. You still go home. You unwind, even though you've already been drinking for four hours. You know, (laughs) you're up till 4, 5, sometimes 6 o'clock if you're really jazzed because you had a cool gig and you had a great set and you're just, like, stoked on yourself. Well, then you sleep till at least noon. Mm -hmm. You get up. You got to do your normal shit. You got to run your hand. Like, I went from sleeping like four hours a night because of just stress of the pandemic, which for me was mostly not having an income, to finally collecting unemployment, going back to work a little bit. But I started living my life on a, like the normal, what's for most people is a normal schedule. Yeah. So if I'm sleeping from midnight to eight, I have so much more day that I, even when I went back to work, I could work that day, but I still had time to ride my bike. I still had time to go for a walk in a park. Um, my girlfriend and I like to camp. We were able to find places to camp, even when the state parks were not open for camping. Mm-hmm. And I could do that because I didn't have to work DJ Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, get up Sunday and play a brunch gig, you know? So, oh, we found a place to go camping this weekend. Well, again, you don't have other things to worry about. And if you guys are anything like me, if I have a gig at night, even when I wake up at noon, I'm already thinking about, okay, I have to be at the venue at nine. What do I need to get done in the meantime? Do I need new music? Do I need to organize music? It's hard to enjoy any daytime activity because of that gig is always in the back of your mind. Whereas I think somebody who works a day job, you get up, you go to work. Once you're done with work, that's when you go do your recreational activities. So you've already finished your work day, mm-hmm. you know, whereas like if you and I could go kayaking at four in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> after the right? I mean, that that's like how, again, nor, quote unquote normal people operate. We'll plan, we'll plan that then, for this summer. This summer, <laughs> yeah, 4 a.m. kayaking. Summer of Steve this time. Yeah. Well, and uh, all that being said, the thought for me right now of not showing up somewhere till 9 or 9.30 and having to stay awake until 2.30 in the morning and entertain people, I don't think I could do it. You know, I just, because of, because my life has changed so much in the last year, you know, some somewhat for the better. I'm probably living a healthier life. I would imagine that we're all drinking less probably sleeping more, sleeping better, eating better. Well, that was the um, first thing that my doctor said to me. He was just like, take this time. He's like, actually sleep more than four hours mm-hmm. a night. Right, right. And I was like, what? Or, was like, or sleep when it's dark out. Yeah. Heaven forbid. Oh, <laughs> I started getting up at nine o'clock in the morning. Like I was out by like 1 a.m. But it's nice, right? Yeah, it's not. And that was the thing is that like being able to enjoy my summer had to do with the fact a lot like you, I was getting up at nine in the morning, mm-hmm. letting Miss Paws burn out. Yeah, yeah. And I would pack a bag, I'd go to the gym, I'd leave the gym, and I'd be like, "All right, cool." I'm like, "I'm gonna go do this 45 minute commute, and I'm mm-hmm. gonna go paddleboard for the entire afternoon." 
throw in some Airbuds. Ha- already had an awesome Spotify playlist mm-hmm. that I had like I had made up the night the night before. I was like, oh, I want to listen to Glass Animals. I want to dude. I got this. the sickest kayaking playlist <laughs> exactly. you've ever heard. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> oh man. And I and, and for me it was it was, you know maybe it was me missing out on putting a playlist together for a crowd. Yeah. But I was like, what would be total paddleboard music? What would be total kayak music? City girls. City girls all day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Megan uh, Stallion. Funny that you guys reference various artists because the other pro for me of not DJing in the last year, I don't have to pay attention to new music that I don't love. I won't even say don't like. Because you know me, I'm generally not going to play a song if I really don't like it. Yeah. I don't care if it's the biggest song in the world and everyone in the room wants to hear it. If I really don't like a song, I'm not going to play it. But I don't have to worry about any of that shit right now, um, which has been kind of nice. And not that I was playing the most like current top 40 club gigs, um, but you still have to be aware of, of what's going on. Yeah, and it's been so nice to detach from that. I will say that. And I still keep a few of my, like, digital music services for when I do want to go poke around and just kind of, you know, get go on DJ City or what have you. Um, but, again, it's nice to not, to not have to do that, you know. Yeah. I will say this as far as 2020 and 2021 goes is that female hip-hop artists have completely blown up the game. Uh, I have, I admire and have a ton of respect for him in the sense that Megan The Stallion has crushed it mm-hmm. for the last couple of years. New artist Mulatto, amazing tracks. City Girls, like everything that those and and even Cardi B, all the stuff that they're doing reminds me of like that late '90s like Dirty South beat where like everything is produced by like Manny Fresh, mm-hmm. where it's like that that rapid um, hi hat, mm-hmm. but it had that like fat sound to it where I think a lot of it was lacking for part of the 2000s is that everything sounded real thin and everything has kind of become more of a thicker sound now if that makes sense yep yep um do you feel like every three or four days a new my neck my back comes out <laughs> <laughs> like there are like 20 new uh with Kia yeah, yeah. Kia. There are like mm-hmm. twenty more of her running around, and I think yeah. it's awesome. I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, what was the other one I was just thinking about the other day? Um, I lost my train of thought there. Sorry, I was I was thinking about Kia and, and like all that whole Neptune sound mm-hmm. and stuff like that. That that neck my back song was actually originally supposed to be a Britney Spears song. Britney had passed on it, and the Neptunes were like, "Really? Yeah." And they're That's like, crazy. "Wait, wait, what? Hold on, what?" So initially. <laughs> The my neck, my backtrack, my pussy and my crack. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that was gonna be a, those... that was gonna be a Britney Spears song. Yeah, they, this, Neptune, this doesn't sound real. The Neptunes had get, had sent it over to her and was like, "Hey, is this something you want to do?" Is that a, is that a Neptunes beat? Yeah, get the fuck out of here. I feel like that's all like pre pre Neptunes era, but like I don't yeah. That was um, two thousand. Four, two thousand three. Have either of you guys watched any of the? Brit- I'll look it up. Yeah. Well, either one of you watched any of the Britney Spears? I've heard about it. Is, it, not a, is it a documentary or is it? It's so she's not in it. I watched it was on Hulu. Right. Because um, I've noticed there are now a lot of um, I want to call them mini series, but a lot of these docu series where 
what they would use to break down in an hour and a half. It's like five hour long episodes. <laughs> Some of them, it's like it's like too much for me. Um, the one on Hulu, I think, was about ninety minutes. Okay, and they don't really talk to. So is it? A, it's a standalone. Yeah, thing they report on. By the way, side note: the oh. my neck, my back was two thousand one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't list the producer on it. I got it. Michael Taz Williams. That is Michael Taz. Michael Taz I Williams. That was I don't. Yeah. Where the hell did I read that? Then maybe I'm thinking of a different Kaya song. I'm glad we cleared that up. Yeah, I thought that was a Neptune's beat. No, no, I guess guess not. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on. Moving moving back to the sorry sorry no, sorry no, to like totally... fact check the host here. I also, no, I also think that for the last five years I've been playing a re-edit of my neck my back so i don't even know that i remember what the original beat sounds like it does have a very <laughs> neptune sounding snare yeah. that it starts off with so i could see where that would come into an assumption um we're talking britney i, I watched <laughs> it's britney, britney bitch, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> whoop, whoop. uh i almost wore my britney spears shirt tonight too um i'm wearing a what did i do well the wu-tang one that's a good one um the Britney, the Britney doc, I watched on Hulu, and they don't talk to her at all. They just talk to reporters. They talk to lawyers. They talk to everyone around Britney, but yeah. they don't talk to her directly. Um, it's unclear if she's currently still like in a mental institution by the end of it. Like I was just talking to somebody at work about this the other day that from what they had either seen, heard, read, word on the street, I have no idea that she's... I hate to say this, but still a nut job. And again, not to pass judgment on a woman who I know nothing about, could not pretend to understand the pressure through her entire life, you know, from child star to whatever. Um, There were times over the years where I honestly felt bad for her, you know, and it was easy to make fun of her and, oh, now she shaved her head or what's she going to do next? But it's like, there was something going on in her mind or and or her life that well you take a look at the time uh tmz yeah that was a huge thing the paparazzi craze of you know around all those females yeah. for whatever like everyone was fascinated with paris hilton Lindsay what? lohan yeah Lindsay lohan uh britney spears well here's the question why are they interested I, sure I mean, sure. they're hot. Yeah, they're cute. Like yeah. they're all our age, but what about them is is interesting. Twenty three. Yeah, like, twenty three. What, what about? I mean, outside of Britney making music, what was interesting about Paris Hilton, except for the fact that she was just like kind of a. Well, the, like, the interest is that they were famous. Yeah, but. And that TV show, and they just did dumb shit, where they grew up I in like the it. country or yeah. something. That was a great yeah. one. I never watched the, it. Nicole so, like, I, I never understood it, but I was like. You people aren't solving world problems or anything like that, so why is there such this huge fascination? But on the flip side of it, there's no, there's no male version of that. Can we talk about the Kardashians? The the Kardashians are male. <laughs> well, that one guy that what's his name? The, the, the uh, guy, Rob, oh, you hit Rob. Or is oh, that I was gonna say I was like I was like the no, dad who's no, not, but 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 you asked the question. What's so interesting, or what was so interesting about a Britney, a Paris, a Lindsay, outside of the art that they created, if you want to consider it that? To me, the Kardashians don't even create anything, but so many young people look to them as an example of how to live a life that none of us are ever 
it boggles my mind. Yeah. Like, so you're famous for being famous, and then somehow you continue to be famous or get more famous. I don't, I don't get it. Like, I do, do, is, it, is it because people like watching the train wreck? Yes. Yeah, you absolutely. Yeah. If you see a car crash happening, it's hard to turn your head away. Right, right. You know, yeah. so I imagine that there's a level of fascination with people that want to see that. It doesn't really I'm, interest I, me. Honestly, I'm just jealous that I don't have a bigger butt <laughs> and a shit ton of money. <laughs> Listen, squat rack. I'll show you some crypto shit. Ooh, crypto, crypto for dummies. dummies. We'll get you paid, son. Oh, man. <laughs> um, but yeah, as far as the Kardashians go, yeah, I mean, I would love, I would love, I'd love to have that. But I mean, at the same time, you take a look at the mental episodes these people have had, and I'm like, fuck it, I'll take my my quote unquote small room game. Right, 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 right. Where I someone goes, dude, are you Parker? Par- yeah, Parker. I miss the old Kanye, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Um, should, should we, we talk, talk about us some more? <laughs> it was it was a pretty pretty good ramble from from Kia, <laughs> Neptunes, Britney Spears. That's pop culture for us. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's everybody doing right now? We've talked about the last mm. year. Right now, um, yeah. I'm. You know what? I'm bouncing. I'm bouncing. Okay. Again. Okay. Well, like I said, I'm working retail <laughs> full time. Moda three. Moto3.com uh, for all your. I don't know if anyone knows, but like I, I should probably let this out of the bag. But I'm secretly a millionaire, so that's why. I, that's why I do nothing. Yeah, it's Steve, like, Steve has gotten really, really good at making the chicken. <laughs> yeah, I, he, he brought them to my house for Christmas dinner, and they were yeah. amazing. They were some, some, some good work you, I've been putting been in. Busy in the kitchen. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's something I've been doing. I've been, uh, I, I, I like to say that. Uh, Anything, anything that I would get like takeout, I would like to just make at home all the time and not have to pay a million dollars because although I'm a millionaire, I just, you know, I'd rather save the money and, you know, donate so, it. Let me ask you this. With February being like, obviously one of the coldest months it, it was ever Dude. recently, were you just burning money to keep your place warm or was it like, do you do normal, like, poor people shit? Um, <laughs> I, I don't know if you know about, about, about my, my apartment building. It's uh, free heat. Oh. So I got I got no I got free electric I got free heat I uh dude I live the life man. You told me there was a two bedroom in that place I might have to go over there now. We yeah yeah. Podcast studio over there. <laughs> no it would, if that ever comes up I'll let you know but yeah it's uh it's it's huge. It's pretty great. I mean then you can just walk right downstairs and you know. And then I go to my my day job. I live above a strip club. I just work at the strip club. And he works at the strip club I live above. Are you bouncing at the strip club? <laughs> no. Or? I'm DJing Monday through Wednesday at Silk. On um, Juno or on uh, Third, Street. Third Street? Yeah, and then on Fridays and Saturdays, uh, they asked me to bounce over at Taylor's Lunch. Um, with the health department coming in last week, I, I guess they were pretty happy I was there because I'm pretty like, hey, stay seated. Put right, your fucking right, mask on. Right, right, right. Don't be an asshole. Right. Don't put everyone else's livelihood in jeopardy because you're an idiot. We don't want to behave. Yeah, and I, I, that's the hardest thing is just being like trying to explain to people like they go – you know, COVID's fake or, or whatever the fuck idiot that comes out of their mouth. And it's one of those that you go, hey, you understand that there's a bar back here. There's bartenders, there's waitresses, there's a manager, and there's owners. And you're going to take away all their livelihood right. when someone walks in and goes, hey, here's a $20,000 fine. Right. And they can't pay it or they have to sell their venue right. to pay the fine because... You don't want to wear a mask. 
understand that I get that there's no repercussions for you. Right, right. But there's repercussions for this venue. And the people that own the venue are friends of mine for 15 years. Right. And I don't ever want to see anything bad happen to them. And that's how do you sum that up in five seconds for someone to understand? Right. Or let alone someone who's hammered. And it's just like, I just want a shot. I want a drink. I just want to do whatever the fuck I want to do. And it's like, no, man, you can't. It, it's a different time now. You got to just listen. Throw a mask on. Right. Season. right. Play by the rules. We're rule followers. That's all it is. Yep. Well, in like you said, even if you don't believe in the reason for the rules, they're in place. Venues have to follow them. If people want places to go out, the least they can do is play along. Yeah. You know, it's really... I guess we found out that people are assholes. I mean... Oh, we, we just figured that out yes. last year? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we found it out here first. <laughs> <laughs> but it's been it's, it's been challenging um, I from a personal I don't even know if I should be sharing this there's like three people listening anyway everyone knows I'm kind of a prick anyway yeah. I had a guy tell me he goes you're not going to talk to me this way and I went or what I go you can leave I was like no one's putting a gun to your head to keep you here and he's like you're not going to disrespect me this way and I was like disrespect you how you're in our house right these are our house party rules we're obviously breaking them you don't give a shit kick rocks right and he proceeded to tell me how he was going to kick my ass and i went (laughs) i'd actually like to see you try i'm like what's the first move you're going to do are you going to throw a jab first are you going to throw like a a wild haymaker that i'm just going to duck under and hit you with an overhand right and just put you to sleep. Do you like how Parker not only analyzes UFC fights when he watches them, yeah. he analyzes a bar fight that he might not actually get in. I was really curious. I was like... I know what I would have done. Throw throw you off and I'd tickle you. <laughs> See, he's like, I'm coming to get you. Just all... Like shoulders up. You would have actually probably caught him off guard if you did that. That's what I'm he, saying. He doesn't have a, uh, a counter move t- for, for the tickle monster. Just tickle and right to the nuts. Then you win. Uh, <laughs> My dad taught me how to fight. Not to keep interviewing you, right? What are the vibes like at a strip club awesome. during a pandemic? Oh, it's it's no different. It's, it's So you walk in there and are they not? Everyone's seated to begin with. Sure, sure. So, but are there lap dances? There mm-hmm. are. There so, are. Okay. So the, do the do the dancers, dancers? We call them that, right? Yeah. Do they have dancers? Are they wearing masks while they, they give you the lap dance? Listen, I, I said this. But I think that'd be like low key kind of sexy, actually. It's like uh, Mortal Kombat, like <laughs> Melina and Katana. Here's Jade. My perspective on it is that we had our, our first meeting before we were we were about to reopen, and I brought it up in the meeting. I was like. So I was like, in all actuality, I was like, this is Butterface here. I was like, if, if you're not an attractive stripper, you can totally cover that up with a winning, winning. And yeah. just yeah. crush yeah. financially. But, yeah, it's it's pretty simple. Like, everyone is already seated in a club to begin with. Yeah. Everyone wants that intimate interaction. Uh, everyone's already seated at the bar to begin with. Or at the stage. Or at the stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So the only time that like you're not required to wear your mask is when you're drinking and then like you can be in the couch room. I don't know the legality on how we got around it, but you don't have to wear your mask in the in the couch room and you don't have to wear it in the VIP room. So I was like, all right, cool. I was like, so 
they realize that they're at risk if anything comes up. Mm-hmm. Cool, so be it. But all in all, everyone wears their masks. Girls don't care. Customers don't care. Sure. They just they want some sort of social interaction. Yeah. They want to be able to drink, hang out, so on and so forth. And then they they still want to you know go up to the stage and, and do rooms and, and do dances and stuff. So it's it's the same. Steve came and hang, hung out with me for a night. It's fun. The New yeah. Year's gig. Um, he dropped off his controller and I just kept feeding him beers and made him hang out and go. Yeah, yeah. And Parker yeah. started quizzing uh, the audience of, uh, I don't know, audience, uh, 10 people or whatever, about uh, Genesis. And uh, you took a survey of, uh, you know, Phil Collins or uh, Peter, Gabriel. Peter Gabriel. and oh, I don't think, any, I don't think anyone was catching that. He said Genesis and the Bible came to my mind. Well, Genesis was a stripper that was there that evening, so oh. that's what led to... <laughs> Even better. I like, yeah. I like where that went. She's cute. Yeah. Hi, Genesis, if you're listening. So, yeah, we, I think we played in the air tonight, and I took the survey of who was the better frontman of Genesis, Peter Gabriel or Phil Collins. That stripper did the fucking air drum on the drop. She did. Yeah. She hit that. So yeah, yeah. It was, was awesome. What was the consensus? No one had any idea what the fuck we were talking and about. Was, yeah. And was the election rigged? <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Yeah, no one had any idea what we were talking about. They were just like, Peter Gabriel, who? <laughs> Fuck is Phil Collins, two forty-year-olds hanging oh, out in the no. DJ booth. Hey, oh, hey, thirty-eight, thirty-eight. <laughs> I got another. I mean, no. there's old fucks at the strip club too, right? I'm starting to be one of those old fucks. I turned forty in, I think, like forty days. Oof. Just gonna 40, 40 in forty days. I mean, I'm gonna be forty-five this year. Oh really? So here we are. Oh, you're my age. No, no. You hide it well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh wait, I'm gonna be 35 this year. Sorry. Did I? Yeah. Did, I'm gonna, that, did that come out wrong? I'm turning 30 this year myself. <laughs> oh man, I'm uh, I'm going back to work on Saturday. Oh really? Where are you playing? Uh, they're bringing the quote-unquote dinner theater back to Vagabond. Oh nice. Yeah, which I feel 100% comfortable with, um, for myself. Just because of the setup there, yeah, you know the the booth. You're like ten feet socially distanced from the nearest person, and yeah. the only people that come in the booth are generally managers bringing me shots. So you know it's real easy to just Casadores all day. <laughs> yeah, Casadores, Casadores all day. Um, I'm still not sure. I don't want to say that I'm I'm not that I'm not ready for it, but I haven't played in front of a live audience in any manner since September. I did two private birthday parties last year. Um, it's also a low-pressure gig because people are just drinking tequila and eating tacos. Yeah. And I'm kind of just playing background music for them. Um, but it'll be fun. I like a, a gentle re-entry yeah. into what I'm hoping is a year where, you know, we'll be rocking together again. Just the tip. I'm just the tip. Hopefully Steve and I will be, you know... <laughs> What? <laughs> That's still, you know what? The two of you together on New Year's Day a couple of years ago where uh, Kush Bula and I think Kenny and I came in. Oh, to Malone's. Yeah. For the, oh, yeah. That was, the that was one thing that didn't happen this last year that I was so, so sad about. The New Year's Day party for me at Malone's is more fun than almost any New Year's Eve gig I've ever had. It's and, I, and, I, and, of course, I, I woke up and I'm hanging out at home with Dana and within an hour, all three Malones texted me, and they're like, "Hey, man, it's just not the same without you." I was like, "Bam, trust it's not the same." Sitting on my couch, <laughs> having Bloody Marys and watching TV, you know. It's, but whatever. 
I mean, I'll cry in my beer a little, real quick for a second here. Speaking of beers, <laughs> yes. Awesome. You doing okay? Right uh, now? yeah, I'm so good. Brandon, you want to grab a round? In, I, in I a could, yeah, I, I could, I could start drinking now. I think. Uh, do you want a beer? You want a mixed drink? You want a scotch? What do you want? <laughs> the fuck, scotch? Uh, I'll do a, a beer. A beer? Yeah. You want to grab a? I got a cardigan, but I don't drink scotch. You know, it's cardigans. Do you want me to go do Fancy. it? Fancy. Yeah, if you want to grab it. I'm closer to the door. Okay. We'll, can, we'll keep Brandon on. You can make you can make Steve talk more. All right. Oh, God. Um, so there's a – hold on. There's some 312. There's some Stellas in there, and there's uh, Boddington's. What would you like? I'll do I'll do a 312. All right. The 312 is in the lower right-hand crisper. You, you want another one of these? Grab me one of those. Grab one for yourself, too. You want something? Thank you. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Okay. I'll be back. Brandon's still upset with me that I forgot his Mountain Dew. <laughs> I ran downstairs earlier and I was I was it's like I, I was like oh, it's required I, payment is Mountain Dew. I was like oh I was like hey I'm like I got packages here I'm like before Steve and Chris get here I'm like I'll go around downstairs and go grab my packages, and I was like hey dude you want anything from the vending machine he was like yeah grab me a Mountain Dew I got so excited about my packages I completely forgot about his Mountain Dew came back up and he was like understandable where's where's my Mountain Dew and I was like. Oh shit! I was like, you want me to run back downstairs? <laughs> I go, can I go up that mountain get that dew? You know. He ended up opting out for water. He's like, this is the healthier choice, and then I got this glare from him. When did they put that uh, uh, buzzer system on the outside of the building? They actually just did that. Like, I want to say they finished that in a week, week it's or two ago. It's kind of sketchy, like, because it just has everyone's name and unit number on there. Why? Why do they do that? Yeah, they got my government <laughs> name on there. I mean, Jeff- Jeffrey Dahmer, you know, <laughs> roamed these streets. I, you know, that would, that'd be a pretty ideal thing just to be able to uh look up whoever you want and then wait outside until they come out and murder them you might need a, a bottle opener for that yeah uh, oh, hold on for uh, boom you got uh just like my thank you dad and my dearly departed grandfather you have a bottle opener on your keychain <laughs> or on your key ring there you go thank you oh goose island i just uh Why is she not hanging out here now that, uh, you know, started recording? No, no, she's not, not even she here. She hangs out under here. Probably got a hold of Chris's almonds. <laughs> no, what she likes to do is um, she likes to go sleep in my bed when I'm not in it. Because <laughs> I imagine there isn't something rolling over in the middle of the night that could possibly kill her. Or, uh, or it's just flagellant in the middle of the night just killing her with methane. <laughs> dog just hates your farts it's funny though because like i'll like if i pass out on the couch or something like that and callie's here i'll wake up and i'll go upstairs she's sleeping right next to her yeah and then like that dog never comes near me weird she's just like no 220 pounds of uh my father's is not good to have roll over on me almost crush her once then never again I, I, honestly, it was one of those that I did roll over on her one night, and I like I noticed it right away and like woke myself up and was like, "What the fuck?" And she was just like, and, "Like fucked off off the bed." So here, here's you know, I'm gonna tell a cat story because that's just what we're doing right now. No, go ahead. My cat sleeps in my bed every night. Oh. And she uh, put a little pillow out right next to me, and mm-hmm. she always sleeps right on that pillow, every night, routine, like clockwork. It's sweet, isn't it? Oh, that's nice, man. <laughs> Yeah, Oz, Oz is just, she'll, she'll do like a, like if I'm sleeping, she'll sleep on the other end of the bed near my feet. Excuse me. But she, uh, she mostly, like, she has a bed right next to my bed, and then she has another bed in her room, 
and then she, bed right here. And then she's got a bed here. And Jesus then she's got Christ! She's fucking spoiled dog. She is. I mean, you've seen her though. She's yeah. Adorable. She's she is adorable. She's like a tro- it's like a trophy wife, but it's a trophy dog, you yeah. know. What, she, what, she what, what did I miss? We're we're talking animals. There are Baldini. rounded. I was gonna say there are rounded ice cubes if you wanted. Oh that, my on a fucking rack. god! Dude, just a little sip. I just figured since we were talking about getting old, a little scotch seemed uh, oh, seemed so pro- seemed appropriate. It's so good. Oh. There's a there's a Japanese whiskey that's sitting on the counter too. That I, I got. saw that. That looked. We might have to we might have to bust that out that after this. Tasty. Brandon got that for me for Christmas. That I was just like, ooh, we might have to bust this out. I I've still yet to to kick the top off of that but tonight might be the night that we actually open that up sure sure the hell were we talking about before we took a beer break um uh, well we started talking summer? about what everybody was now doing with their time. oh yeah yeah um whether work related or yeah millionaire steve marks has yeah. managed mm-hmm. to not have to take a non-djing job yep. for now almost a year yeah yeah uh, Bruce Wayne uh, in your free time. You? I, you know, I, I live where I live for a specific reason. That's fighting crime. <laughs> I mean, someone was murdered in the alley, you know, like years ago. Martini Mike's, you know. You remember that? No, I, okay. I don't. Did you catch them? No, Did no, I, I, I wasn't living there yet, but I'm sure it was, it was Bruce Wayne's parents, is what I heard. So, oh, okay. Bat, the original story of Batman is, is from Milwaukee. If Considering that Milwaukee has like the sleepiest downtown mm-hmm. of almost any city I've ever been in, it really does. Steve somehow managed to live off of the one intersection that's like slightly sketchy all the time. <laughs> Keeps the rent low. <laughs> I remember uh, someone had said that because they live like a couple of blocks uh, west of here, mm-hmm. and they were like, "Yeah, we keep our property, like our property value down." And I was like, "How do you do that?" He goes, "Every couple of weeks, just fire a couple of rounds off in the backyard, <laughs> let people report shots fired." <laughs> and I was like, "It's fucking brilliant, fucking brilliant. yeah." <laughs> Jesus. Wow. Oh my god, that's amazing. I was like, "I'm not, I'm not naming the person," but I was like, "That's." absolutely fucking brilliant i'm like i want to stay in this neighborhood now just to do that yeah yeah um was everybody able to collect some free money last year outside of the stimulus check i got a couple of weeks of unemployment was it the the pua yeah or pua as my uh girlfriend's uncle calls it he's like chris did you get your pua yet because <laughs> uh, i actually filed against the day job because mm-hmm. you could do that right away so i didn't get anything from my day from my DJing gigs, but from working at Silk, that's what they based everything on. Sure. And I had Kush's girlfriend Bula kind of go over everything for me. She kind of became an expert in handling people's unemployment. Mm-hmm. And she was like, Well, you can't claim anything as an independent contractor because you're an independent you're not really employed. Sure. And I was like, Okay, so then what? She's like, You can file against Silk. So that's sure. that's what I did. And I was really debating about giving that job up right before the pandemic yeah. and i was really glad i didn't because it, w- it got to the point that i was just like i was doing so well as a club dj yeah that i was like man i was like i like it here but like i like the fact that like i have something to fall back on yep but i was like i think i've kind of kind of wanted to move on where now that i'm not doing as much i kind of found like a repassion for it where it's like i stay up to date on everything now whether it's rock alternative pop mm-hmm. hip-hop edm we're like everything under the sun i have to listen to everything under the sun because we have such a, a diverse group of girls that work there that want to listen to everything yeah so i just try and stay up to date on everything 
where in the past it was so tedious for me to just sit there on a laptop all day and just listen to like new music where it was like I don't know what any of this is like I don't know if this is gonna work at all or now it's like I'm kind of refining I'm this is how Parker got his groove back <laughs> <laughs> but like yeah I'm having fun doing this again where I don't think I, I had fun doing it for like the last couple of years um yeah now it's now it's starting to be fun again where it's like I'm interacting and and like I I refound that balance between the girls and the music and everything but it's it's fun again where for a while there it was just a job specifically DJing at the strip club mm-hmm. yeah are you so you're not gigging anywhere else no yeah there's I mean like is I there, said is there stuff like not on our personal horizon but is there any signs of progress toward places I don't want to say reopening because places have been reopened. Um, There's a couple of venues that have DJs. Um, I just I have friends constantly asking me if I'm gigging again, and I'm like, well, no, but partially because there still aren't those gigs. And the handful of places that hit me up when they started bringing DJs back, I felt like I was no longer the right fit for those places. You know, because of my relationship with Vagabond. Mm-hmm. When Trinity started booking DJs again, they reached out to me and said, "Hey, we love you at Vagabond. Would you like to come play some sets at Trinity?" Well, again, turning forty-five later this year, playing for twenty-one and a half-year-old college kids is just—it doesn't interest me, and I'm not the right guy. Mm-hmm. You know, you definitely need somebody closer to that age. Um, whereas doing, you know, the brunch gigs and the dinner gigs, or a place like Rogues Gallery when they were still open, Malone's it's more of a mixed crowd. Mm-hmm. There are people there that are my age that I can relate to musically. Um, so I don't know when I'm going to get back to doing much more than I am right now because there aren't there aren't things to do for me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You um, know, that was one of my biggest... I, I, I think I expressed this to one of you guys where I was like, one of my biggest concerns was out of this entire pandemic is that I don't think people realize the talent pool that milwaukee has um being able to see how mke djs by the way if you're a dj and you're listening to this quick plug uh mke djs on facebook uh where all of us meet and talk and basically bust each other's balls but being able to see the amount of djs that are on there the amount of talent that's on there i was my biggest concern was guys that were extremely talented in my eyes dropping off and not wanting to do this anymore because there hasn't been anything for them to do sure um well and people have had to make some kind of pivot yeah whether like for me i went from working at the shop minimally part-time to i'm now there five days a week Mm -hmm. so there's no way i could even get back to a five night a week dj schedule without leaving the shop um and I've enjoyed the change, but also, you know, I've been getting paid to DJ since, like, 1999. So, tw- 20, 22 years later, like, most people don't have a career doing anything that lasts 20 years without making some sort of changes. Yeah. Um, so, I don't necessarily want to go back to the amount of DJing I was doing before. Um, but I want to go back to playing the fun gigs, the right gigs, um, you know, again, working with people that i like to work with um it's funny that you brought up off topic sort of but funny that you brought up jackalope being one of both of our favorite rooms to play and we mm-hmm. used to play it together um i was at saint paul fish had a little dinner with dana 
couple days ago, and uh, David mm-hmm. Stickler, oh, yeah, yeah. we call him David Shimmy, because yeah. he washes dishes and he does this. <laughs> he works at St. Paul Fish Bar, and I overheard a customer say, hey, do you miss being over at the Wicked Hop? And he goes, honestly, I mostly really enjoyed DJing Jackalope Lounge and working with, or I enjoyed bartending Jackalope Lounge working with the DJs there. He goes, since they don't have DJs anymore, I don't want to be there. And I was like, aw, thanks, David. Like, <laughs> right in the feels. Yeah. Um, Wipe the tear away. Yeah, I was enjoy like, yeah. I miss you, too. <laughs> it's, a good, it's a good yeah, lobster roll. I, I, I was crying Fucking in my mahi-mahi. Awesome. Uh, tears of joy. But, um, yeah, it's funny. I, you know, and, and that's probably the biggest thing I, I, I miss the most is, is Jack Loop. I mean, I think. I'm not going out on a ledge saying this. I think all of us were all real tight together because we all hung out. Like, there aren't many gigs that I hang out at after hours anymore. Sure. You know, it's one Where of those... Where we'd crack, it, uh, crack another beer... And hang out. After and, we got paid. And yeah. we would sit there, and the staff was super fun to hang out with always. Um, yeah. It's very true. Most, but, most, most of... Uh, you know, going back a year, most of my gigs, it was like, lights come on, can I get paid so I can go the fuck home. Yeah. And you're right, Jackalope was a spot where it was fun to just kick back or, you know, it was a place where I always preferred playing with one of you guys. Yeah. I can do four hours by myself standing on my head. It's not hard at this point. But it's always fun. It's way more fun that every hour I got to hear you play or I got to hear him play. Um, Plus that room when you're – it's like such a – you're like in everyone's face because it's like a stage. Mm-hmm. So there's that weird anxiety where it's just like. Sometimes it's I nice just need to, to have... I just need to like not be right here right now. You know, or like someone nice, else coming. Or it's like, nice having a friend just sitting there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Comfort, you know? comfort. Yeah, I need. Yeah. yeah. The the homie on the side, and that was always the thing with friends when they came through, and I had to play there by myself. I was like, hang out up here. Yeah. Grab a bar stool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hang out up here. I'll order some wings. I'll, I'll order <laughs> some just, shots. Yeah, yeah. Just hang out with me up here because it's it's I don't like it was something I had to address. In the off time was is that I didn't realize that being on stage in front of that place, like that was one of the key places that gave me huge anxiety about being on stage. Like there'd be times, I, I, I guess I'm fine with talking about this, is that there'd be times where like if I didn't have like a good time to warm up, like mm-hmm. a good 10, 20 minutes, and it was just like 10 o'clock hit and there was all of a sudden people like rushing in or you'd walk into setup and there'd be 50 people and they're like what time are you starting what kind of music are you going to be playing and you're like yeah i, I can't start with this yeah like this i would pre my, pre-pressure of sorts right my hands would shake when sure. i go to touch the turntables at times sure so like that like the whole dynamic of it was was weird but like if i had like a good 10 15 minutes of just being like I'm gonna warm up. I'm gonna play this. I'm gonna play this, and then people start rolling in. Yeah, yeah. But if it's right off the bat and it's that, if yeah. people are like, "What are you playing? What are you gonna do?" And it's like, "Dude, I don't even fucking know, dude. I mostly make up shit as I go. I kind of have an idea and an outline yeah. in my head of what I want to do. But to be honest, like, I improvise, bro. Like, if I see the crowd go this way, I'm gonna go with them. If I see them go that way, I'm gonna try and yeah. follow them. Yeah. You know, and it's hard to explain that to people. Where I mean, even me explaining this on this. Do people really get what I'm saying when I say that? That there nope. isn't. Nope, nope. They don't. Yeah. They don't care. Sorry, folks. <laughs> Parker, it's, it's just no, complete. It's no different than when you're starting to take your pants off. The performance yeah. anxiety <laughs> kicks yeah. in like a motherfucker. <laughs> just sweating. Can we get it darker in here? <laughs> um, another side note, because I work in the third ward and I work a block from Jackalope and Wicked Hop, 
I occasionally have run-ins with Miles, who's mm-hmm. one of the owners, and he has told me multiple times, hey, we haven't forgotten about you. We haven't forgotten about E-Rich and all the do Like, you know, we we would like to, at some point in the future, get back to having rad dance parties at Jackalope Lounge. You know, if that's, yeah, when it's... If that's six months from now, you know, I, I don't know. And that's the name of the night, Rad Dance Party. Rad Dance Party. So, y'all, run out, get your vaccine. We're trying to get back to these dance parties. <laughs> you want to do our Rad Dance Party? We want to Rad. You know, you're, you're touching on a good idea there. Dude, the opening night, when they get to go back and do this, I have no problem with coming in, taking a night off, and coming in and just coming in and playing for an hour. Whatever. Well, everyone, rock an hour. A rock an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Hang out. Yep. Catch up. Fucking knock the dust off the turntables and, and have at it. I mean, uh, of all places, excuse me, that's probably the place, you know, I talk about the most. I miss the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was a ton of anxiety with it, but at the same time. Well, but like, when it was fun, it was the most fun. Exactly. Yeah. My, my and they always, they always treated us really well, dude, which I appreciated. There aren't a lot of venues that have that type of respect mm-hmm. that Jackalope seemed to understand for the entertainment that they had. Right. That, <clears throat> excuse me, there are venues that are just like, we need a DJ, we're going to go get a DJ. Right, right. But Jackalope went up and beyond out of their way, and they're like, we're going to take care of our DJs, we're going to make sure that they're paid well, we're going to make sure that they have the right equipment. Well, and I think they always understood that it did matter who was there. Yeah. You know, because there were times where I'd have someone come chop a night up with me, because I had a homie in from out of town, you know. They had never played the room before. They would get on and do their set, and not not to like toot my own horn, but they wouldn't do as good of a job as the hour I had just played. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the staff would say something, and it wasn't anything against that guy personally, but it's like, man, when you're up there, people are more hyped because then they're drinking more, they're doing rounds of shots, they're buying me shots. Um, so they had a healthy respect for people like us who yeah. could go in there and really turn that room out when it was busy, um, which was rad. Plus, you know. Those wings, dude. I'm gonna bring them up a second. I love, time. I love breaded wings, man. They got, <laughs> they got good breaded wings. Mm-hmm. I always did the. Uh, I think it was a Friday night that I would play. They always did like this bomb ass prime rib that like Bob would make. Mm-hmm. And I was like, dude, save me a slice. I'd text him ahead of time. I'm like, save me a slice, bro. I'm gonna be there in like 45 minutes. Yeah, yep. Hit me with that baked potato action. I mean, I know there were some nights where I'd roll in. You know, 9:30. We need a half hour to set up. I'd roll in. He'd already have all the gear set up. Your laptop, everything would be rolling. You'd be nowhere to be found. You're over on the Wicked Hop just smashing a dinner. <laughs> Parker's like, I'm rolling in early so I can set up, smash dinner, then we're going to DJ. <laughs> well, with me is that I'm such a I'm such a slacker is that like I'll get up at like, I don't know, noon. I'll go work out for a little bit and I come home and I'm like, okay, I'll make some lunch, hang out for a little bit, take the pup for a nice walk, maybe hit you know a half a joint, mm-hmm. come back to the house sit in front of the laptop and then I just zone out. I zone out doing music and then like I kinda get an outline you of never, you never eat again? Yeah, and I would just be like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah. I need I, like I, I need another finish. I need another meal. I'm like, I need to like if especially at a spot like Jackalope where there can be a night where you have like two friends roll in and it's a good night. Mm-hmm. But there's also those nights where you have like twenty friends come in and they're like, let's do a shot. And let's everyone shot. wants to do a shot with you. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all got twenty friends? <laughs> Now you're, now you're laughing. I'm, I'm serious. <laughs> anyway, 
They got a really good fish fry. I like their fish fry a lot. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. really awesome. tasty. Yeah, dude, you'd catch me like I'd either be on the wicked hop side or I'd be up in the balcony mm. just yeah. fucking mowing down, yeah. dude. And I'd be like, okay, I'm ready for this shit now. Bring I would always just down. try to eat the wings while I DJ'd, and it was a horrible move. <laughs> Why? Like, hold, hold on. I'm trying to do everything with one hand. I'm putting <laughs> stuffing wings in my mouth. Crossfade EQ, fucking. <laughs> You know what you can do better with one hand than most people can actually do it with two. I mean, I, I'll accept that answer. Just rocking uh, a wing or just biting into it and be like, right, right, right. Just hold it. They make boneless. That's true. The boneless are the nice. Nuggets. They're nice. Uh, it's not as enjoyable, though. I, I agree. No. Bone in. Bone in. It's got the best wings. Bone I've, always been, I've always been partial to Elsa's Club G. Uh, I've been getting wings from Pete's Pub. On Brady Street, it's where Harry's on Brady was, and before oh. that, before that it was Brady Street Hardware. I believe the saw, it, the wooden saw, is still hanging from the side of the building. But uh, part of that is proximity to my house, and part of it is I just think they put out really good pub food. You know, mm-hmm. it's you, there's no salad on their menu. <laughs> I'm not sure if anything comes with a side of vegetables, <laughs> but they get killer wings. They do a great burger. Um, I got I got a wing uh, suggestion that's a probably unpopular opinion, pizza shuttle. Really? If you don't know pizza shuttle, breaded wings they do you know kind of similar There's to no like point a jack. To order pizza from them. Yeah, I, I, every 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 day from two to five, sixty cent. They might be a little more, maybe seventy cents now, but really good. Dude, millionaire Bar- millionaire Steve over there is counting counting the seventy cent wings. All right. Oh, yeah. You know that's that's how I made my fortune. Is... No, that's how he stays rich. Oh, okay. you know, yeah. he took a year off from everything. Also, I take the bus, so <laughs> that's a big big part of it. I will say this: I said this when I first ran into you. You got an amazing shape during the lockdown. Dang, I don't I don't know if I'm in amazing shape, but you know I I uh, I'm bored, so I go hang out at uh, what do they call the planet, the planet of fitness, <laughs> and uh, it's one place that's been open pretty much the whole time and. You know, it's it's a good place for me to just uh, do something aside from watch TV with my cat. Do they still hook you up? Like I remember hearing that they hook up all the membership for us like twice a month, and like they bring in pizzas and stuff like that. You know what? It's not the most COVID friendly. That is that I I I being being a gym, I always avoided it because I'm like, okay, what's the point of this? Really, it's I mean, it keeps you it keeps you engaged, right? Like it's like. You lose some weight, you gain some weight, you lose some weight. You know that pizza and the bagels—it's like it's a scam. <laughs> but like I never ate it. Now that you you mentioned it, though, I haven't seen it probably yeah since this haul started. Which the, which it should lower the price of my membership though, which is ten dollars. So maybe I should like ask Without for the free pizza. I'm only paying nine dollars a month. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, people would come in there. I don't know why I'm still talking this, but. Uh, <laughs> But people like literally come in there just for like the pizza night, and like I shit you not, would just like roll in there, scan their card, grab a whole pizza, and just fucking walk out the door. And I'm like, they don't even hop on a train. Like, well, no, no. I mean, it, even even if you if you get like pizza and bagels, is it? I think it's just once a month. But even at that, ten dollar membership, you got a whole break even. Yeah, it's it's you could feed ten dollar pizza. You could That's feed awesome. your family, you know. <laughs> adding them to my membership now oh, so let me know man. when that pizza comes back we'll, we'll do we'll do yeah i want to come back i just want to roll in just do the scan the card be like pepperoni give me two of these and if you're real balls you grab like fucking four pizzas they're just they're I'm not gonna grab, say shit i'm gonna grab a dozen bagels i'm gonna grab two pizzas 
you know, give the uh, whoever's behind the counter like, yeah, here's a five. Let me see nothing. Yeah. Take it, he's, take it t- he's tipping the towel boy <laughs> for the free food. Hey, hey, you can see nothing. Yeah. <laughs> they know me now, so, you know, just oh, they, they would never. Amazing. I feel guilty about that, just rolling in, just being like, what's up, guys? Yeah, people Pizza suck. Pieces. They suck. People suck. I'm one of those people that suck, but I try and, like, hook everyone up around me where I'm like, yeah. here's a fiver, dude. Just look the other way. You can see nothing. T- tip, tip in your, uh, your fitness center yeah, exactly. employees. There you go. Strange. Listen, if I ever come in here and work out, I want warm towels. That's all I want. So, so pizza shuttle, though. Pizza shuttle. I recommend the wings. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know what? I went to pizza shuttle. You and I did a gig together at Rogue's Gallery. Man, last January? Sure. Oh, it was me, you, and Momka. Yep. Yeah. Was it a for a Rick Jameson experience? Yeah. Rest, and rest in peace to Rick Jamo. I think that might be. Is it done so now? I didn't I even mean, think about that. Damn. Yeah. Where, where would be the new location? Well, technically, it would be Elwoods. Yeah, because I've only done it with Nate since, like, six months in or something from the very, the very beginning. Because we started that at most mm-hmm. way back when. Um, yeah. You know, everything has its expiration date, I guess. Fuck, that's I didn't, a, that's think, okay. I didn't yeah. even think about that, man. Um, I mean, Twerk du Soleil was already done. Because oh, of all the, like... Bad genie. Well, because a genie had been in like a weird flux of what they were doing. Um, that was a fun party. Yeah. Fond memories of that one. What was your favorite party that you guys have done? Like, whether it's a regular or like a one off gig, whatever it was. I mean, I would have to say, because I've been throwing my own events <clears throat> essentially since 2000 with various promotional partners, DJ partners over the years. Um, so, going all the way back to Wield. Which I did at Ty Joe's from 2000 to shit. You played there too. 2004. I I booked a monthly Saturday. We had DJs or live acts play in both rooms, and it was some of the best times of my life. Um, went from that to doing No Request Fridays. It, same weekend, like my party ended. No Request Fridays started. Mm-hmm. Did that with Cut Up at various venues. Steve eventually became involved. That was amazing. Um, and then I think I went a lot of years just taking gigs and not and i don't mean that in a bad way but where i wasn't setting my own vibe party parties became like not a thing it just became like you know having having djs at bars you know which was still fun at certain places i think until i started doing twerk du soleil which did you do that with us never did man i always wanted to and that in its heyday was really really fun like anything toward the end like We'd have a really good Friday, and then a month later, we'd be DJing for, like, 20 people. I'd say, just, like, Genie in general, well, especially the, those parties, but, like, the best room. I think that's yeah. the, the best room in Milwaukee Bad to Genie, play. another place where I felt always treated really well by the staff, got along well with the owners, a place where we would kick it yeah. after the lights came on. You know, um, I mean, for the most part, I think Eli was managing that for a really long time, and, you know, as someone who... He DJed as well, yep. along with managing. I think he understood the perspective where a lot of people don't understand that. Well, and, and um, uh, Bonin and Rob, mm-hmm. who owned the venue, also had a, you know, one of them came from, told me that he used to sneak into some of me and Cut-Up's parties, Robert King, when he was underage. Oh, shit. So he had not only respect for DJs, but like me and our crew in particular, 
And then Bonin was like more of a live music guy, mm-hmm. but also appreciated a good DJ over just having any other dude in the corner hitting play on, you know, whatever. Um, and the Rick Jameson experiences, of course, you know, because of the whole experience of it, if you will, you know, you <laughs> have people painting, have different weird shit going on depending on the venue that it was at over the years. Um, I don't know that I'm ever going to go back to doing any nights quite like any of those. Uh, I always feel maybe like... I'm, maybe I'm wrong. Well, the Players Pub. I mean, oh, Players Pub Players at, Malo- Pub, at yeah. Malone's. Sorry, which, Players Pub. Yeah, um, and that's a thing that I would like to see come back. I don't know that I want to go back to doing any weekly gigs. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd Oh, you wouldn't do that weekly? I, I would like to see it maybe happen weekly, but I don't necessarily want to be... Nothing against the venue, nothing against any venue, nothing against any crowd of party people. But you know as well as I do that after you're DJing somewhere every Tuesday or every Wednesday or every fucking any day of the week, you do that that one night a week for years, there's a burnout factor. Yeah. You know, um, it's, like, it's like anything you do in life, it starts to get a little bit stale, which is why I always preferred the monthly parties. Um, and you make more of an event out of it. Yeah. Um, but again, who knows? I could change my mind about all of that tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. I, um, you know, I, I like, there's a lot that comes out of that. The first thing I thought of was the fact that going back 20 years, I was thinking about like one of the venues I was playing at and the fact that they got offended. Like I was a resident there. I played every week. And they were like, what are you doing talking to another venue about playing there? Like, it was one of those weird things where it was like, you could be a resident at that place, but you really couldn't play anywhere else. Did you have that? Did you guys have that as well? Um, I, I, I Actually, I was talking to someone about this the other day in a different context. But I definitely remember at least one venue that I played when I was kind of starting to what I think was building a name for myself in the city. Mm-hmm. And they did kind of try to pull this like, well, if you're here every Friday, we don't really want you playing anywhere else. I'm like, if I don't play multiple nights a week at different venues, A, I'm never going to build up my own skill set, and B, I'm never going to build up a fan base, if you will, that I can bring to your venue, you know? Like, if I'm here every Friday, and I'm here every Saturday, the people who see me on Friday might be like, oh, where are you playing tomorrow? Mm-hmm. I'm going to be here tomorrow. And then they start to ideally follow you around. And it was a lot different when I was in my 20s, early 30s. And I had a lot of friends who went out all the time. Well, if I only play at your venue once a week, I don't get any other practice time. I don't get any other networking opportunity. And money. Like, and like, I, money. Well, yeah. And then <laughs> what I have to do is be a guy who works like some shit full-time job and I only DJ once a week. I don't know if too many other cities where anybody has had that attitude. And I don't know if it was at a time where, like, Milwaukee was kind of in its infancy as far as our club culture. That's but what like, I felt. You can't tell a dude he can only play at your venue unless you're booking him four nights a week if somebody's, like, your in-house DJ, right? Mm-hmm. That's okay. Um, and I just remember telling that person, like, I don't need to be here that bad. Like, if you're going to give me grief about booking 
other gigs. I don't need to be at your venue anymore. I got, I kind of got their perspective. Um, in, in my situation, it was there was maybe a handful of clubs at the time, mm-hmm. and Water Street wasn't what it is now. Sure, there was one venue that had a DJ. Everyone else had a jukebox, and it was a bartender, and they just kind of opened up or whatever. Um, there weren't no, like the whole DJ culture hadn't expanded to what it is now where you look at every water street bar if you want to i wouldn't say if you want to be successful you can you can go your own route as far as not having a dj but everyone pretty much has a dj Mm -hmm. at the time one venue on water street had a dj so when they asked me about djing there i was like oh yeah i'm i'm kind of interested and then became the idea of well that's our competition even though we're on a different block they're open the same nights we are. And I was just like, I get it, but I don't. Sure. You know? Yeah, and I guess maybe for me, I was never playing at multiple venues in the same area. Mm-hmm. You know? Even a year ago, when, again, things kind of fell apart and I lost gigs, like we all did all of a sudden. Tuesday nights, I was at Malone's on Brady Street. Thursday nights, I was doing Vagabond for dinner and then playing with you at Taylor's, which was Cathedral Square. Mm-hmm. I wasn't doing Fridays or Saturdays anywhere else in Cathedral Square. I wasn't playing on Brady Street anywhere besides the occasional guest set at the Nomad. So I guess for me, because each night I was in a different neighborhood, if you will, mm-hmm. I never felt like there was that competition. Oh, okay. And I think the venues maybe also kind of looked at it the same way you know whereas yeah if like say say for example i would never play there but say for example i'm at joe cats one night i'm at malone's the next night i'm at high hat garage a third night and then i'm at the nomad a fourth night that doesn't make any sense Mm -hmm. right like i'm playing every night of my life within like three blocks i could then see those venues being like this is kind of weird for us. Yeah. Um, where now it's I don't that stigma's not there. Definitely not. Definitely. Yeah. Not. Where now it's just it's wide open. Right. And they're like, oh, you're playing next door tomorrow night. Cool. We'll sure. See you, we'll see you whatever night sure. that we have sure. booked as yeah. well. But that also is a testament to how that DJ culture has kind of exploded. Where it's every venue pretty much has a DJ now. Where it's like Water Street, Third Street, Cathedral Square. I mean, there's three. There's Four venues on Wells. I live on the street, but I never walk like, down it. Like, so. <laughs> uh, Belmont, Room Seven, Taylor's, Sophie's. Yeah, all four of them. Oh, on Jefferson. Je- yeah. Jefferson. Jefferson. Oh, yeah, Jefferson. Wells. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, that intersection, yeah. right, right. So four venues, all four have. Have you played just... Sophie? No. Because I know I see that um, best friends, DJs, those the the duo. Do you know those guys? DJ Best Friends. Know the name. I don't think I've ever met them in person. See, and I... I, Corey and James, I believe. And I... So I saw that they had been... They started doing a regular night at Sophie, which I didn't... Until then, I I didn't even know that was a spot. It's nice in there. It's it's cool. Like, they did a really fucking good job building it out. Yeah. Yeah. They have a good scotch collection while we're on the topic of scotch. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, it looks nice. I just... uh, I know Wizkid was doing gigs over there. Sure. And I know, uh, not Sopa, um, who am I thinking of? Um, I'm having a brain fart. That's and all right. I'm embarrassed about it. Um, 
dating Sam, who just had a birthday. <laughs> Jesus. These, you know what? Here's the funny thing about this I got, now. I don't not know. drinking, not drinking out of Andy, um, <laughs> Quaddy. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not drinking as much as I used to. I have a beer and a half. And, and you're I, just looped. I'm just smacked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I remember yeah. um, I went to a dinner, or not a dinner party, I went to a housewarming party with Callie a couple weeks ago, and I remember looking over at her, like, after I'm at where I'm at, I'm like a beer and a half in. I remember looking over at her, I was like, I'm like I just like it was one of those I realized I'm like you I just hand her the keys. <laughs> you're like took an Uber. Oh. Thank God. <laughs> you're like I can't. I just can't. Yeah, and I'm such a lightweight now that yeah. like especially because of the fact that, dude, on a regular basis, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday night, you know, Sunday day into night was just do shots, have yeah. a drink here and there, and yeah. I would try to avoid drinking as best as possible. But now that I really just I don't have those gigs and yeah. I'm not drinking on a regular basis, one and a half, and I'm like, "How you doing?" <laughs> it's 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 embarrassing now at this point that I can even call myself a. Hey, at least your uh, podcast studio isn't far from your bedroom, so oh, this you'll is a be, crawl. You'll be fine tonight. Right? There was there was a there was no joke. There was a stream I did. Uh, I think we were two. We were supposed to be two weeks in, and I was like, I did th- like on the third week I started doing streaming. And people were, were like, oh, Parker, we're going to do a shot every hour. I was like, all right, cool. And I put down a couple of beers, a couple of shots, and I was just like, thank God. It was like 1.30 in the morning. I literally crawled up the stairs into thank my God, bedroom. Thank God I'm at home. And just, yeah, yeah, I was happy I was not out anywhere because it would just been embarrassing. Or I probably would end up at Pizza Show at like 4 in the morning. Hey, again. get those pizza wings. Show, get those wings. Get those wings. They're not a sponsor, but if they want to be. The wing, the wing plug. The wing um, plug. So, you spent most of the last year figuring out what you're going to do with the rest of your life. I haven't figured that part out yet, but I thought about it a lot. Thinking about it, I was going to ask, have you figured out? No, no, no. My uh, great life journey is yet to to be determined, but uh, praise be to God, he'll figure it out for me. (laughs) Yeah, I I really don't know. I I guess I like it. Part part of me is kind of a bit over-DJing. Part of me is just, you know, misses it as well, but... What I do know is that even when things are back to normal, whatever, it's kind of like Groundhog Day. It's going to be, you know, good and bad, same places, same faces. And yeah. at this point, I'm almost kind of just like, I need something. I need a new journey. I need a new adventure. I've, I've enjoyed the, excitement. I've enjoyed the break. Yeah. yeah. Once I kind of got over the anxiety slash depression of the beginning of the pandemic. And it's been perfect because they, they've, they've paid us money to, to not work. So kind of, kind of. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm, definitely, I'm a millionaire. So no, I'm definitely working. Yeah. 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 Steve's, Steve's plan for the rest of his life is to make another million. Yeah. He's looking at a second. Uh, um, silver. I invest in silver. But I, I, I like, I think what you were saying about being at the strip club or being back at the strip club, you know, that it, it kind of felt stale and it felt routine for you. Mm-hmm. I think being forced to take at least a year or so off of DJing, um, I'm hoping that when I get back into it, I'll feel refreshed again. Same. I felt refreshed coming out of the summer. Yeah. And that's when when September hit. From all the kayaking. And, and hanging. And <laughs> everything. Um, when September hit and people started hitting me up to do gigs again, Uncle Bucks, McGillicuddy's, um, Brothers in October, <clears throat> I was ready for it. Sure. And, and I, was, I was like, okay, I feel great. 
I feel recharged. I also realized that like I can take time off from this mm-hmm. and go back and not like really miss a beat. Sure. The only thing that I felt that I lacked was the, like a, a spot like Brothers was the new music, but it's still one of those that like you can play whatever in the last ten years. Yeah. And that crowd beats down. Yeah. And let's not forget Nelly Ride, the official anthem of Milwaukee. It will never die. <laughs> God, I want that song just to go away forever. Don't I mean? Wait, it's, ride with me or? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Did you, uh, did you catch him on um on uh, his New Year's Eve performance? Nelly. Yeah. What? He puts on a good show. Nelly, Nelly. What was Nelly doing on New Year's Eve? He was one of the performers on the. Uh, it's not called Dick Clark's Rock and Eve anymore. Oh, the, okay, the, like the NBC that. thing. Yeah, because because Dana do Seacrest. Yeah, Dana and I watched some of that before we checked out uh, Cut Up's New Year's Eve live stream, and it was awesome for me as a almost 45-year-old fuck, because the, like, classic old-school artist that performed, it was great, mm-hmm. but then on the flip side, every new, 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 super new artist that performed, I was like, A, I have no idea who you are, and B, you sound fucking horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I saw Nelly at Dre's Beach Club in Vegas uh, a couple of years ago. And it was one of those that I was in Vegas. I was hanging out. Uh, I think this was right after New Year's. Dre's is a big hip-hop spot in Vegas, right? Hell's From fucking yeah, hear. it is. Yeah. I have, not, I have not had the pleasure, but I've only been in Vegas once. If and when you ever go, my guy, Big Smooth, is one of the door guys over there. Sure. Um, he's the dude that, that whenever I'm in town, he's like, Parker, we have so-and-so playing. And like him and I will usually grab dinner and hang out and so on and so forth. And one of the times I was there, he's like, we got Nelly tonight. You want to come through? And I was like, yeah. I was like, oh, fuck, yeah, son. And, he, dude, he put on three hours and just Whoa. nonstop. He did all of his stuff. He was doing covers. He was doing acapellas and fucking with the crowd and shit dope, like that. Dope. Puts on a good show. The last show I saw there um, back in end of February, 2 Chains. Oh, shit. 2 Chains did an hour. And I was just like, I, I have the set list on my Spotify playlist like what he did in order it, it was just one of those i was like dude this is such a good show have you traveled much this last year no like i haven't been on an airplane since last february actually i was in last Al- i was in albuquerque met up with my parents and hung out for like a week i flew back the beginning of march which was actually kind of funny because i flew back at the beginning of march um to literally come back and DJ and, and go back to work and stuff like that. And I remember, like, our regional manager at Silk was just like, Parker, when did you go to Vegas? I was like, end of February, beginning of March. He's like, when did you get back? I was like, this time. He's like, you got to take a couple of days off. And I was like, why? He's like, you got to quarantine from our club for 14 days. I'm like, I was just here last week. Right, 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 right. I was like, so I have to take this week off, which was St. Paddy's Day, which yeah. I had already had St. Paddy's Day off. I had to do a gig in the morning, and I was going to go see Reverend Peyton's Big Damn Band. And I was like, oh, and the Tuesday night, I was going to go see Chappelle. So I was like, I already had the week off to begin with. Right, so I was right, like, right, cool. I was like, all right, well, whatever. I got Monday off now, too. I love that you made the reference earlier that when we all lost gigs, you know, almost immediately, middle of last March, we all thought, oh, yeah, I'll take two weekends off or I'll take two weeks off and it'll be like, it's kind of weird and scary in the world anyway. So I'll just stay home and chill. And I'm like, it's almost a year yeah, later. Yeah. I've DJed twice. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think it collectively did twenty gigs for from March 
of like the week of St. Patty's Day up until last or till the end of the year. Yeah. And that was it. Yeah. Fucking weird, man. It is weird. It's it's and it's just weird in general just being in the industry. Like we were talking about this a bit. Were we talking about this on air? I can't remember if we were even recording it. Being a bouncer and like telling people to put a mask on oh, yeah, and yeah, stay yeah. seated. Yeah. And it's just so weird that people are like, it's not real, blah, blah, blah. Mask isn't going to help. Well, hey, man, like, we're just trying to follow the rules here. Right, right, it, right. It, This is the stipulation for being open. And hey, if you didn't realize it, the bar back, right, the bartender, right, right. the bouncer, the manager, the owners, this is their livelihood. Well, and the best part about when we were all DJing, right, not that you were dealing with masks because this was pre-COVID, yeah. but anytime anyone in the crowd was not behaving, you didn't have to be the one to put them back in line. Yeah. <laughs> you, could, you could roast them on do the you mic. Have, do, you have, do you have a different respect yeah. for door guys now? Well, I was a bouncer beforehand. You were. Yeah, so sure. I, I bounced at a couple of gigs when I was younger, and then actually how I got into Silk was I was bouncing there trying to find a new radio gig when okay. I first moved back. Yeah. And it was one of those that a DJ, actually Lee was yeah. DJing that at the time. <laughs> so random. Really? So he was DJing. That's awesome. And he didn't show up one morning. And so the owners were freaking out. And the older DJ that was there that night, uh, his name's JJ or Jeff. And I mean, I would imagine that was a strictly like a push play situation. Yeah. Right. You're it just. Was, it wasn't mixing. It wasn't anything. Yeah. But next, had, next up, candy. And then you, you got to have that uh, DJ voice yeah, and yeah. be able to talk yeah. and and, <laughs> and and be basically the micro machine guy mm-hmm. and just rapid fire shoot mm-hmm. shit out. And this, the DJ at the time was like this 50 year old guy who, as I was walking Sick. in at 10 o'clock at 10 o'clock in the morning. He had just gotten done, like cleaning all the lights, refilling sure. the fog machine. Sure. Had been there since seven o'clock the day and this before. Is, this is Sil- Silver Silver Spring, Spring. Yeah. right, right, right. And so this is probably like two thousand five, two thousand six, and they were like, "Call him up and get him back in here." And I was like, "Guys, that guy was just here for like twenty hours. Right, right. It's it's now his weekend. Leave like, him alone. <laughs> like, how about this? Everyone, chill the fuck out. Like, show me how to turn everything on. Like, I." got a bunch of cds in my car and i'll just fill in till the dj shows up and i remember the owner looking at me being like you know what to do i was like motherfucker i did a morning show at right. 20 like trust me i can figure this out just turn everything on because you had worked radio for years yeah before any of that right yeah so yeah. at that point i'd worked uh up in wausau i'd worked i'd done a morning show at that point uh i'd interned at a station and i knew the layout for everything and that's kind of where, like, I thought I was going with everything is I was just like, oh, I'm, I'm going to be in radio. Mm-hmm. Cool. Like, whatever. Like, if I could get into my dream gig, which was, at the time was 102.1, mm-hmm. I was like, cool. I, I have my career right here. I'll do my 20, 30 years and then deuces, retire, being the world famous or Milwaukee famous. Uh, Wausau famous. Wausau famous. Las Vegas. Um, and now you're 50 person capacity room famous. Yeah. <laughs> Like, like the rest, like the rest of us. Where it's Man, just like, I DJed for forty people last night. It was amazing. Or like, if the lights are on, people are looking at you. And like, were you the dude playing at that gig last night? Yeah, that was me. Yeah, dude, why didn't you play enough Chris Brown, dude? Let's play some of this. Play some of that. They got Chris, suggest- Chris Breezy. That that Chris Breezy. You didn't play enough Drake, bro. Did Chris but, Brown come out with any new music in the last year? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Was it any good? No. Like. I, 
and not like not no disrespect again i've been paying such little attention if i'm in the car i'm not listening to like new radio for um, me i just don't get how, like i get that it's popular mm-hmm. i just don't get how it's supposed to be club friendly sure like it doesn't like maybe the warm-up part of my set sure i can play it but people asking for it at midnight i'm like are you out of your fucking mind this is an r&b track yeah, but people don't consider a room when they're requesting songs. Yeah. Right? They generally only consider Themselves. how they're feeling in that moment. So. Oh, no, it works. But. Chris Breezy. Hit me with that Breezy. Where, hey, Randon, where are we at for our time? Uh, 147. Dang. Damn. We, almost did, we almost did two hours. We well, didn't even get I to the like good stuff this, yet. I feel like I said to Steve on the way here, I'm not sure what we're going to talk about or for how long, but of course, the three of us sit down and it's just like. <laughs> oh no it's it's super easy yeah it's fun you know fun. I, I have an outline that i usually do for the show like i know kind of where i want to go mm-hmm. and then i just kind of let it naturally yeah. lead wherever it's gonna go i mean based on at least what you referenced in the instagram post i saw i think we touched on just a bit of everything our, a little bit of our three or four main topics um you want stories you know what? Let's close this out with stories. We'll I, got do... a, I, I got a story. <laughs> All right, go ahead. All right. And so, then we're going to go to Steve. And oh, God. I'll try and, I'll try Pressure's and on. Out. I'll make so, one up. So early O's, I had a friend who had connections with Riverside Theater. Mm-hmm. I somehow had the insanely awesome pleasure of being the DJ who opened for the opener for Dave Chappelle. First of all, probably the biggest crowd that I had played for in my entire life because by the time the opening comedian went on, that place was full. And what what's Riverside? That's got to be at least 2,500, 3,000. I think 3,000. 3, so DJ for 3,000 people. Then during the opening act set, I was brought by Dave Chappelle's manager up to his green room, which smelled green as fuck. <laughs> But I didn't get brought in there till the session was over. So I got to sit on a couch and talk to David Chappelle for a couple minutes while he's drinking his coffee and smoking his cig, getting ready to go on stage. And we just kind of hatched a little, like, I was going to play a little intro music. You know, we had this whole thing. And um, so that's it. He goes on stage. I get to hang out on the side of the stage and watch, you know, to this day, one of my favorite comedians in the entire world. And he gets done with his set. And he's like, all right, ladies and gentlemen, you know, thanks for coming out. And like, YB is going to play me out or whatever it was. So I throw a song on and he dips and him and his manager are talking off stage. And all of a sudden uh, the manager comes up and he's like, hey, Dave's tour bus got stuck in traffic coming back to get him. You, We want to fill for a few minutes. And I was like, yeah, what do you guys want to do? And Dave's like, you got some instrumentals. And I was like, sure. He goes, I'm going to get some guys out of the audience. We're going to have a freestyle battle. Huh? And I was like, this is fucking amazing. So he brings two dudes, you know, hey, anybody want to rap? He gets them on stage. I start dropping beats, and each guy takes a turn. And then Dave Chappelle's like, all right, fellas, my turn. And he's on the mic, and I play a beat for him. And he, yo, 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 yo. He literally stops, and he goes, just kidding, y'all. I can't fucking rap. <laughs> Drops the mic on stage. Him and his manager go out the back door. And I never see them again. <laughs> Probably one of the coolest gigs that I played in, you know, my 20 years of. Uh... <laughs> Just kidding, y'all. I can't rap. Literally, mic drop, fucking gone. 
And you know, you run right off that stage and you go right out to the sidewalk and onto the bus. And, and that was it. And he was gone. gone. Yeah, yeah. So amazing. But I've told people in the last year or two, oh yeah, I opened for Chappelle. And they're like, when he was just in town? I'm like, no, 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 like 20 years ago. <laughs> well, uh, don't look at me with any sort of... Uh... <laughs> expectation here because uh, should I have gone second I, I don't think I, I, I'm trying to think of an interesting story I, honestly I cannot fucking like my summer I can't fucking think of anything remotely entertaining right now um, did, you, did you did you not DJ at all in Australia uh, yeah I did a couple I've never, yeah I did a couple times that's actually, I was going to bring that up I've, never, I've never played an international game oh I guess yeah Mr. International yeah international so, so okay there Harry. They have this thing called Gumtree, which is, I mean, globally, there it's like a Craigslist, but we don't use it really. Have you, have you heard of Gumtree? No. no. Okay. So I was just sitting around. Uh, I've heard of the rubber tree plant. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> Same thing. I don't know. I was, I was sitting around in uh, in in uh, Randwick. That's where I was living, in a neighborhood um, in uh, Sydney. And uh, just posted, you know, hey, I'm essentially I'm just from the states because that's cool, you know, you're 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 someone then if you're from a different country. It's like you know, if you're from Chicago, they put on the flyer, DJ Chicago, Steve and then USA. and then and then the place just fills up, <laughs> and then and then girls are topless all of a sudden. Um, but I, I, just, I just retirement plan is I, to go to another country. Yes, yes, this is this <laughs> is play. all this is all what happened, um, <laughs> and kangaroo showed up, um, and crocodile Dundee. But I just I just posted I literally just posted like a little thing a blurb on uh, like their classifieds essentially and like I shit you not like within two hours someone like fucking called me to play like a gig and like it was just bizarro just I don't know that shouldn't happen that way I mean if I could if I if I post anything on Craigslist right now like you know saying I'll I'll service you sexually for free it would still take more than two hours for a response. <laughs> he's he's fishing for gigs on the Australian version. Craigslist. Oh, yes. Yes. That's amazing. Yeah, it just happened, uh, and then and that's how I met like a bunch of people there, and uh, you know I still talk to some of them today. Yeah. I will say there's a, a, a goofy enough. There's an Australian DJ Zero Pool who plays at who's a resident down in Australia. Sounds that about I've right. debated about. Hey man, do you want to come to the states and play a gig with me, and then I'll come down there and play a gig with you. There's a DJ YB, but it's spelled the word Y, right? Like my name. Uh-huh. But then the word B B E. He's like some techno DJ in Denmark. Mm. <laughs> and there. I remember like doing Google searches like there's gotta be other YBs out there and I'm like It's a pretty unique name. Who is this? Uh, it's the only one I found. I thought for sure it'd be like that German B. <laughs> <laughs> there is another DJ, Steve Marks, who actually I not like renowned or anything, but has some sort of, you know, it's got like production and, you know, actual music out and stuff and has gigs and whatever but he is from um england and then actually moved to australia <laughs> and i think he might have been there while, while i was there so maybe that's why i got called i i i, I don't fucking know. He was no pr- pr- probably uh, who knows like, did you order this guy off a wish what the uh, fuck but, <laughs> but but like i used to get i used to get hit up like uh on, on like uh myspace i think it was myspace because my, my <laughs> we just dated ourselves <laughs> But like, but most like, of the, most of the guys that we know from Chicago, yeah, I met my in space. the MySpace yeah, days. Yeah, yeah. Like D- DJ homies that I would then have come up to Milwaukee. We start swapping gigs, but all, so funny. <laughs> well, I get some requests for like uh, some some you know progressive techno song that I didn't produce. Like, hey man, I really like that song. Can I get it? Like, oh, that's the other. And I've actually messaged the other Steve Marks before. And we have a laugh. 
you know, we're best friends. That's a good time. Anyway, so that's that's the extent of my uh, exciting life. That's it. My most exciting gig was uh, was this the hundred fifth or the hundred tenth Harlow anniversary? I think it was the hundred tenth. Um, at the time, I was working with uh, Jade Simone St. Clair from Playboy TV, and we were they were filming like the hundred tenth, and they were doing like mm-hmm. she was doing reporting, so on and so forth. Well, we had booked Kid Rock to play outside in the parking lot at Silk Sick. to DJ. Yes. So I've so, heard that he's an amazing DJ. So here's or what happened. So let me explain. Like it's not like I was booked to do this gig. Right. What what happened is is with John's ADD, he just didn't think about it, and all of a sudden he comes in. And is like, you want to open up for Kid Rock? And I was like, sure. When he was like. Ten minutes from now, I was like, ten minutes. <laughs> I was like, you son of a bitch. Like now, mind you, like Jesse James, the dude from like that the motorcycle mm-hmm. show, yeah, it's on the side of the stage. Like there's celebrities that are like legit celebrities that are there. And I'm like rolling up, I'm like putting my mixer out, my CDJs, and like setting up my my laptop and shit like that. And there is a twenty thousand square foot tent with people just staring and i'm like waiting for you to make the magic happen. yeah and so like i'm like fuck i don't even know what my first song is i don't even know what the fuck i'm gonna play and john comes up and he's like yo man crush the fucking crowd i was like what? with what dude N- so- nelly ride <laughs> no you want to know what i opened up with i opened up with straight out of compton I just I went to a Velvet right. Revolver Fuck show yeah. recently, yeah. and that's what they came out to. And I was like, "Fuck it!" I was like, "I'm gonna yeah. play Straight Outta Compton," yeah. and built my set off of that on the fly. Yeah. And then like Kid Rock, like all of a sudden I hear like everyone go nuts, and I'm like, "Oh, I must be doing like a really good job." Kid I realized Kid standing Rock behind you, standing behind me, <laughs> and he's like smoking a cigar, and he's like, "It's like flicking you off," <laughs> and I was like, like "Boo!" Chugging Jack Daniels, whatever. <laughs> I was like, "All right, man," and. uh and he like he literally like leans over and he's like, "Hey man," he's like, "How's the crossfader set up?" And I was like, "A and B." He's like, "All right, cool." He's like, "What's everything set up for?" He's like, "This, this, like we just went over everything like yeah. in ten seconds." He's like, "All right, cool, man." He's like, "Kill your track." He's like, "I'm a." He's like, "He's got his laptop set up right next to mine." He's like, "Cool, kill your track." He's like, "Just vinyl break it." He's like, "I'll just go right into my set." And he like comes out. And he's he's playing like Seeger. And he's playing like, and he's just like mixing shit on the fly, and everyone's having a blast. Everyone's just eating it up. We have like strippers yeah. on the side of the stage, like on a pole and nice. shit like that. Yeah. Now, mind you, it's the middle of the day, <laughs> and I was just like, I like, I hopped off stage. It's, it's also Harley Fest. I mean. Yeah, <laughs> I hopped off stage. And I'm I'm sitting next to like Jesse James, like watching the show, and he's like, "Great set, man." I was like, "Thanks." That was nerve wracking with you standing right behind me. <laughs> But that was that was probably the craziest. Um, Tommy Lee was kind of a dick when yeah. I had to play with him. Like he was with DJ Arrow, and they were like, "We're doing a video set," which essentially was Tommy Lee was just on stage, like he wasn't DJing, like he was playing with the the video. Yeah. Like Pioneer had those V DJs. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. he was playing with them, and you could tell he wasn't doing anything. And then he had like a MIDI controller, <laughs> and I was like. Oh, okay. Like I opened up for those guys and I was like, cool. And then like afterwards, like I was like, Hey, is it cool if I get a picture with you? And he was like, no pictures, like all this other shit. The goofy part about him was, is that he had like a 
fucking straight dime piece with him. Like, probably top five hottest girl I've ever met in my life. And I was like, dude, I was like, is that Tommy Lee's girlfriend? He's like, one of them. Like, his marriage. Yeah. One of them. Yeah, of I was like, what do you mean one of them? He's like, that's number so-and-so. Like, he had a number addressed to him. He's like, they hang out with him for a little while, and then they meet someone, and then they, like, have, like, a really good life. And I was like, that's kind of weird. Kind of weird, right? Duh. Yeah. But, all right. He was just kind of a dick. Like, I remember, like, um, one of the partners at Silk had asked him to sign, like, a snare head. He was, like, a big Motley Crue fan growing up. And, like, Tommy had made this comment. He was like, if I see this shit on eBay, I'm going to fucking kill someone. And I was like, dude, I'm like, I don't even think you realize the room you're saying that in. It's just not a good idea. What a D-bag. Yeah, so I was just like, it's like, all right, man. Like, it was not fun playing with you because you just kind of sat there and jumped around. But, right, all right, shout out to DJ Arrow, though. That dude fucking crushed it, though. <laughs> shout out to the other guy. Yeah. No, I remember him, dude. Like, I rapped with him afterwards. He had... I think he was producing for like Crooklyn Clan at the time, but yeah, he was, dude, he was, he threw a really good set for the fact that he had a Where birthday. Where was that? That was at Silk. That was one of the anniversary parties. We had, um, we've had DJ Arrow and Tommy Lee play together, and then we had like Bad Boy Bill do a set. That one was really fun. Um, I went to a Bad Boy Bill at Silk. Were you there for that one? It was at one time he was there. Yeah, yeah. I, I was there. That one was fun. Like, we had Carmen Electra there, and then we had, like, Playboy so TV. Carmen Electra was there? Yeah. I missed that part. I think I would have noticed that, but I guess yeah, I guess not. Like, there's a there's a picture of her on stage, and then, like, me in the background, like, looking up in the wrong direction. I was like, fuck, if I was looking <laughs> in the right direction, I would actually have, like, a legit photo of Carmen Electra. photo out. Yeah, nice. Yeah. <laughs> the, the really weird thing was is they had come up to me, and I didn't know, like, Carmen Electra did music. They had come up to me, and they were like, hey, can you play Carmen's song? Like, can you mix it into your set? And I what? was like, sure. I was like, can totally, you totally don't have that one. Right? I'm like, I, I don't have it. I was like, is there a way for you to get it to me? So they're like, yeah, we're going to email it to you right now. I was like, all right, cool. At the time, Serato was kind of glitchy with bringing like tracks in. While you're playing. Yeah, so it was like one of those where I was like, let me play this new track really quick and let me try and like put this on there and pray that this doesn't crash. So I put it on there and I listened to it and I'm like, <laughs> bad bad yeah it was it was horrible it was it was, it was essentially hey man i rap can you play this yeah and i was just like <laughs> yo can you can you play my cd right now i'm also carmen electra though <laughs> yeah and i was just like all right cool and it was like one of those like john had come up to me and he's like bro just play your fucking song bro just fucking play it. i was like right. this is hot garbage dude <laughs> i was like but all right, man, whatever. I was like, we're paying her, and we still have to play her fucking music. She'd be paying me, but whatever. We played it, didn't clear the room out, thankfully, and then she came out on stage, waved, didn't sign autographs, and it's just like, and I'm out. At the same, I think the same year we had looked up trying to get Jeremy Piven from Entourage. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it was like 100K. And he just for him to come hang out. No, no, no. Not for him to come, come and hang out. Like, to walk through the room. Say what's not even get on the mic, just like kind of wave. We get to announce that he's there, and then he just fucks off. So I think the year before, the year after, we got uh, Johnny Danger, mm -hmm. or what was, what was the fucking brother from Entourage? Drama. Drama. That's yeah. his name, yeah. Johnny Drama. Hey, do you have a hundred thousand dollars I can borrow? <laughs> <laughs> I don't get the reference, but yes, I do. Yeah, Jeremy Pivot. Jeremy Pivot. Just to do a walkthrough. Oh, 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 when, right. when we're back to gigging again. Yeah, be like, <laughs> Jeremy, can you walk through the podcast? I thought you were doing an entourage reference. Oh, no, sorry. <laughs> I'm glad somebody got that. 
All right, well, I've run out of good jokes, so... Uh... So, you know what? It's been a good time, man. Thank you for coming through, guys. No, thank um, you. This has been a blast, dude. Yeah. And, like, I'm trying to do this every week, so... And I'm always... I kind of want to bring everyone back on again, yeah. eventually. Once we get back to gigging and shit yeah, like that, sure, and we do sure. our totally rad dance party over we, at Jackalope. Yeah, yeah, totally yeah. rad we dance party. Rad dance party. We, we can talk Erich into coming in and hanging out on Sunday with us. And... What's funny is that I feel like the general hanging out crowd at Jackalope would respond to a poster that said this friday totally rad dance party they'd be <laughs> yeah. like fuck yeah i'll be there <laughs> line going down the block everyone with their covid vaccine cards <laughs> no cover if you got that vaccine <laughs> right, right, right free masks if you don't <laughs> do, they, do they issue a card is that a thing that yeah you get like oh, a sick. vaccine card for like when you get your first shot and then when you get your second one how do you, that's like some dystopian future shit i like it <laughs> and then I'm, you get it laminated yeah i'm gonna put it around my neck Got the lanyard. Show it I off. mean, I've heard people talk about concern that, do you, like, do you want to live in a world where you're not allowed to go places if you haven't gotten a vaccine? That, I, you want to save that topic for next time? What yeah. you want to do? You yeah. No, no, no. That? Yeah, sorry. I didn't mean to get it all. <laughs> Jeffrey Epstein <laughs> is is not dead. <laughs> well, thanks for having us. No, thank you for coming through. And beers and, and beers scotch and, and hanging out and stuff. Ozzy's like here somewhere. She's ice. Uh, other bed around the when yeah, I pee. Her other dog bed. Her <laughs> other dog bed. Yeah. She's got like four of them floating around. Hey, listen. For the three of you that have tuned in for the entire podcast, thank you. We're going to do this again next week. Uh, Diane actually canceled for next week, so I'm trying to figure out who my guest is going to be. I think, uh, I think I might have a friend. Who wants to talk crypto yeah. next week? So yeah. Bit, we'll bit, see. Bitcoin for dummies. Bitcoin for dummies. All right. I might, I might just come just to learn. <laughs> come through, man. Well, listen, thank you, everyone. Uh, that's all we got. We'll see you next week. In the meantime, Woo! mahalo. Mahalo.